Hey, it's John, a cut above horror review episode number 71. We are chatting about Terrifier 2, the much talked about Terrifier 2 from this year. So we're going to enjoy this one. Uh, we're flying solo. I had a couple of special guests want to uh, say thank you to everybody that's come on, but we're going to talk about this one at length. Huge spoilers with this one. So if you have not seen it, make sure you pause the podcast now, go watch it, and then come back to find out what we thought about it. Terrifier 2. Episode number 71, a cut above horror review starts right now. Cut my life into pieces. Good evening and welcome to a cut above horror review, a podcast where we review all things horror. I'm your host, Jacqueline, and tonight we'll be discussing the film Terrifier 2 from 2022. Uh, but first, Let's meet everybody else on the show. First up, it's Hydraberg. What's going on, Hydraberg? What's up? Papa's got a brand new bag. (laughs) Trash bag. Wearing it. He he is literally wearing the trash bag, folks. (laughs) Thanks to our uh, friend of the show, Matt, who mailed it to my house the other day. It's with a note that says, it's dangerous to tackle art alone. Take this. Matt, he sent me a trash bag. I love that. I'm gonna wear it for the show. Also, Stephen and Lee, uh, Stephen from Spoils of Horror, uh, let me know. I didn't pick it up, even though I'm a gamer, that this is a Zelda reference as well, which definitely is pretty cool. Apparently, there's a part in like the original Zelda game where you get like a sword, you get like I think the sword or something, and it's there's like a person who says like it's dangerous to tackle whatever alone. Take this. Oh, okay. I didn't pick up on it right away, but I shared this note with steven just telling him how you know, awesome our fans are and he was like oh that's a cool zelda reference i'm like oh i didn't even pick that up so <laughs> thank you matt for the trash bag i'm ready to tackle art tonight well that's why we keep matt around and that's why we keep steven around absolutely yeah. <laughs> i would have had no idea anyway so that's hydroberg so if you hear rustling during the show that's hydroberg chilling in his trash bag <laughs> 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 hydroberg you're such trash I am. I love trashy films and trashy women. Trashy, <laughs> trashy men. You sure do. And next up, it's John. How you doing, John? I'm sorry, I was taking a drink of my coffee. Sorry, I was trying to like talk slower while I waited <laughs> for you to finish the sip, but you took too long. So that's totally fine. That's awesome. Matt sent you that. You know, we love Steven and Leo. We love all our friends in the uh, horror movie podcast realm. Uh, I do want to bring up something you did not bring up, Hydraberg, was you were a part of the Circle of Jerks podcast talking about Tetsu, the Iron Man, finally came out. It did, it did. It came out uh, last Monday. Can I say something? That was a fantastic episode. I mean, the love you gave to our show, but but the fact, and I'm not making fun, but I mean, you guys got into a discussion about uh, D&D. And I yeah. it was so interesting. It really was. I mean, I'm not a D&D guy, but what you guys talked about was fantastic. I mean, it, it was just like, oh, yeah, I get it. I get why people like this. Yeah, I was. they sent me the, and there were a couple interview questions. He sent me like six questions beforehand. And uh, I just, I felt like they were going to be like a quick, you know, one, two, three. But we ended up spending about an hour just talking about me, which I was just like, okay. But it did help me kind of ease me into the show, too. And then, um, I don't know, they're just really good hosts. So it was a good conversation. And I even I even shared that 
link with my D&D buddies and my DM listened to that part. He like scanned through it. And I was like, I don't expect you guys to watch all of this, but I did talk about us and the D&D and stuff like that. And that's awesome. He went in. He's like, oh, man, you were really good explaining D&D to like people that don't know it. So I I, I mean, representing. No, absolutely. <laughs> I, and Jacqueline, have you heard it yet? I have not heard it yet. No. Okay. I mean, if you get an extra because you guys do. It's talk long. A lot. It was like a three hour video. Oh, oh for real. OK, yeah, I'll, I'm, I'll have to listen to it in chunks, but I will. Yeah, that's what I did. Don't I even did that really is almost three hours but uh, honestly Heidelberg, i mean i'm not a D guy but that was really <laughs> it was cool Thank the way you. you explained it i mean it was just like fuck maybe i should start playing D D. i don't know <laughs> two of the things that i do each week that i really enjoy uh, are D D and this podcast so yeah when i speak about them i feel like i definitely have a little bit of, of a passion behind it when i speak about it so absolutely For sure well ever since you and i have been friends Heidelberg, i've been very like curious and interested to hear you like talk about and sometimes you post pictures on the slack and so it always looks very interesting to me and i feel like it's something i would really enjoy and the only reason i haven't gotten into it is for lack of time yeah that's that's how it's hard to play sometimes because of that it's yeah it it felt like a simplification of the game Mm -hmm. but something that you really could enjoy even if you weren't into it i mean the way you explained it was just it, it was fun and and by the way your guys's review of tetso was fantastic and jacqueline god damn it you still need to watch this movie i know i really want to it's on my short list but i've been yeah. i've been kind of trying to catch up on movies from this year that i really wanted to see and so i i'm i'm a little i'm a little like uh narrow focused right now understand yeah. pour yourself a bowl of fruit root and crunch away <laughs> while you watch it as without, everyone should without milk without milk however, why? Uh, however why? our friend that we've given jacqueline a lot of shit you guys uh, have all week long yeah I can we, take it. we've jumped on the straight chilling uh podcast their, their their slack channel and we've given jacqueline a lot of shit however our friend michael <laughs> does something even worse Michael posted on Facebook the other day how he was drinking and enjoying a good time with some movies and he was going to dip into some pizza rolls. Mm. Then he proceeded to make a video of him putting ketchup on them, which I found disgusting. That's unacceptable. I think that's far worse than eating cereal dry. Yeah, that's my assertion. I I think it kind of is, too. I'm I'm not going to lie. I agree with that 100 percent. You know, (laughs) if you're going to do ranch. okay. yes. He mentioned queso dip, but that's not what he displayed. Queso well, would be fine. Ranch hot would be sauce, great. Maybe. Hot sauce would be great. Frank's perfect. Marinara that goes with pizza. Marinara. Correct. Yeah. Yes, marinara, but then great. Put ketchup on it, and I was just like, nah. That is wrong. That was the wrong choice. It's like putting mustard on it. Ugh. He was also drunk, so who knows? That might have tasted <laughs> great when you're drinking. So let's give. I might be. Shit, I though. might be setting myself up for more shit this week, but I put mustard on my fries. Mm, Same here. I do really? I, mean, I don't I, do it. I, I, I'm not going to hate I am not a ketchup fan at all. So, We're kindred spirits. Oh my God, Jacqueline. I love mustard on my fries. It's that tang. It's that, oh, it's delicious. I like my French fried potatoes with mustard. Mm-hmm. 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 Well, I've gotten them. I've gotten mustard on my fries, like going to Nathan's or something like that. You get those crinkle cut fries and you yeah, got a hot yeah. dog with mustard and it like gets on there because you squirt it on. So yeah. I've and had it's it. Good. It's not like, yeah, it's good. I'm not oh, a yeah. mayo on my French fry kind of guy. No, I, I think that's kind of a European thing. It is. Yeah. No, I've never really done that. Although I, I do like, what? Yeah. 
the, the, the only thing I like mayo in is like tuna fish or like if you're eating like a chicken salad or or, or the chicken yeah. and mm. stuff like that's the only thing I like mayo in. I don't even like mm. it on my burgers. And Jacqueline, I'm with you. I mean, the only thing I put on my burgers is mustard. Mm. Yeah, mustard is the best condiment. It's very flavorful and it is low cal. There's no added sugar like ketchup's full of sugar. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I love mustard. It's a lot of salt and sugar and ketchup. That's kind of why I don't. I used to like it a lot. I, I've learned to not to live without it, though. Yeah, so I dip my fries in mustard. It's the best way. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I like to put a little hot sauce on my burrito, baby. I would. Was never that a euphemism? That's a, or... a Friday too reference, but oh, okay. I would never put <laughs> mustard on a burrito, though. I would put no. mustard on my fries or mm-hmm. my hot dog or hamburger or whatever it is. But uh, welcome to a cut above food review. Mm-hmm. There we go. <laughs> That's what we're doing now. <laughs> We're just trying to steer it off from Jacqueline from talking about no milk. It's okay. I'm a I'm a I'm I'm a tough girl. I'm a big girl. I can take it. It's a podcast where we review all things condiments, <laughs> all things culinary. Mm. Exactly. All right. All right. Sorry. Uh. Well, John. Yes. Have yes. you have you any news for us? This I week? actually do, and like a few of these are interesting because the movie we're going to review tonight has apparently as a joke been submitted to the Oscars to has. Academy award-winning movie. <clears throat> Thoughts about this? Well, go ahead, Heidelberg. No, go ahead. Well, I was going to say on the one hand, I think it's kind of hilarious. Absolutely. Um, not as a serious gesture, but like to force, you know, stuffy Academy voters to watch terrifier too. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> Although if I'm if like we're dealing in reality here, I kind of suspect that Academy voters don't really like watch all the movies that they're supposed to. I think they just kind of pick their favorites, like regular movie goers do mm-hmm. like, oh, I like this guy, I like that guy. And they just pick yep. based on their own personal opinions and biases and whatever without really like i don't think that they're really for the most part all that fair-handed i think they probably just were like oh you know so and so is my friend i'm gonna go with that one you're absolutely right because i believe when get out was nominated that younger got people in that had to convince the older people to actually give that film a chance and watch it so that just proves the point that like how do you how do you nominate these things and then not review like do your job do the due diligence and watch these films Sure. Yeah, I feel like I've read articles written anonymously by Academy members who just like admit that they don't really watch it. Yeah. They're just like, eh, I just, you know, pick my favorite guy or whatever. Um, but also, Stephen from uh, Spoils of Horror wrote an interesting post about this. Um, he was like, you know, I get it. Okay. You know, Terrifier 2 is doing great. And, you know, we all want to support that. But he was basically like, um, let's fucking chill with the oscars talk because we all know that the oscars are this like outdated thing and it's like not a real Mm. it's like not real right you don't even get any merit yeah and so i like reading this post i wanted to applaud because he finished he kind of went on this little diatribe and then at the end he was like it's not that terrifier 2 doesn't deserve oscars it's that the oscars don't deserve terrifier 2 and i was like say it louder for the people in the back Hallelujah. I thought you wrote that. Well, here, here's the thing. Is that... I wrote I wrote Say It Louder. Oh, I thought you wrote that, actually. Oh, no, I didn't write the, the post about the Oscars. Steven wrote that. No, no, I thought you wrote the comment about the Oscars not deserving terrifying. No, I was repeating what he had oh, said. Oh, okay, okay, okay. 
Yeah. I like I put that in quotes and then oh, in my that's own, what it was, and then yeah. in my own text I was like, say it louder. So here's the thing that that I took seriously about it after watching it multiple times in the past couple of weeks or past week is that cinematography it could it yeah, and gore could. like effects it, yeah, absolutely like it could but it won't, it won't. so but it can't it's funny that they put it in there <laughs> yeah i think it's more of like a, a it's sound. not gonna get it's not gonna get like uh you know uh film of the year actor actress whatever it is but there was something about it that was just like Hmm, you know what it's gonna do though it's gonna create a discussion and that's what this film is that's how this film's grown that's what anyway. i thought that's what i thought it was just like like okay as as silly as damien leone like like i guess the hashtag is oscars for art <laughs> oscars for art no, it, 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 it's silly but then you kind of go like there were certain things about this that have you seen this in any other movie without cgi like as far as cinematography or whatever I went, no, you really have not. Maybe. I mean, I know it'll never happen, but yet it's pretty fun to fantasize about a world in which Terrifier 2 sweeps the Oscars like Silence of the Lambs. Oh, <laughs> I would love to see. Happening. It this... would never happen, but I would love to see David Howard Thornton walk up on stage as art to accept an Oscar and then like, you know, not give a speech. Did you see what I wrote in that? Just wave. Post. No. Heidelberg, what did you say? I wrote in the Oscars, they would, the award to best container goes to Art the Clown's Trash Bag. Oh, <laughs> they would create a whole new category just yeah. for that. Well, there's all and those you, awards that we never see them, right? They cut you out. You could go on stage there. dressed in the trash bag to accept the award. <laughs> you'll, you'll be the interpreter for Art the Clown. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, since he can't speak for himself. Yeah. Speaking well, of actors. Mm-hmm. Our friend Anya Gore mm. has become an actor, an actor, yes. actor. Even she's she's so fucking awesome. She's, she's very, awesome. she's a very creative person. Yep. Oh. Uh, her YouTube series just popped on YouTube. It's called Holly. What's like, up? Yeah, it's awesome. About twenty-five minutes long. I watched it today. I did too. And Jacqueline, I know you had a lot going on. But watch it. We're not going to spoil it for you. Like okay. Anya is an awesome actor. I mean, she really is. I mean, Heidelberg, would you agree? Yeah, everybody in the film is uh, is really good. Like, I, that's what really struck me was like, you know, no offense, but I went into it like, oh, it's a YouTube short. Let's see how this is. And I was like, wow, the production's like really good. Like, for 24 minutes, like, I was didn't look at my phone. I was just watching. Yeah. And I was just like really intrigued by especially Anya's character because I'm like, there's more to her and we're not getting it all yet at first. You know what I mean? There's definitely more under the surface. Well, we know her real name and it's just like, like, like what she portrayed in this movie was so unique. Um, and this is a character based on uh, one of the photo shoots that they do that she does with yeah, her, uh, her and Melissa from Malevolent Productions. Like they, yeah. they, they've shot this before of like a, tr a transformation of a character, you know, and Anya loves horror. I mean, she's been on with us a couple of times and it's just like this first episode was just kind of that lead in to maybe that character. Uh, yeah, and I really hope that our fans that listen to this show will go and watch that first episode because they're counting on on clicks 
and views to um, help drive the other episodes that they want to put out. So the more people that watch, the the more they might be able to get more funding to put out more episodes. So yep. it's on Malevolent Productions, I believe, their YouTube page. Or just look up Holly after and you'll find it. It's fantastic. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, my God. It's so good. It's yeah. got a really creepy vibe to it and like really good atmosphere. And it's okay. shot really good. Like the cinematography is really good, too. It really is. I mean, what they're in Canada, it feels yeah. like all uh, the score yeah. is actually yep. really good too. So it really is. Well, if her Instagram account is any indication, I mean, she's it's obvious that she's really, really talented at creating creepy atmosphere and creepy characters. Yeah, so, horror and more with Anya Gore on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, and well, I mean, that's her that's her podcast, Horror and More with Anya Gore. But she's just oh, yeah, sure. Anya Gore, A N Y A G underscore, yeah, G and Malevolent Productions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, um, we love her. We we wish her the best. I want to see episode two because I mean, the way it led up is like episode two is going to be dope. So yeah, yeah, for real. Awesome. Well, I I definitely plan to have watched it by the next time we reconvene, so I'll be able to offer, um, you know, it just came my out, thoughts so. and and gush over it with you guys because I know it's going to be great. I can't wait to see. I just everything she does is so creative. I love it. And she's going to be on with us like probably in the next couple of months. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. I'm happy she's coming on. I'm not happy about what she's coming on for. Oh. Uh, hmm. What true. is she coming on for? Hold oh, on. No, no, no. Richie. Spreadsheet. Hey, hey, we're the <laughs> monsters. It's a certain Rob Zombie film. Oh, well, that's like all the way down. The, that's a long time from now. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Hydraberg. Oh, that's my okay. thing. Right that's what yeah, you worry. Uh, yeah. uh, one, more, one more story. Uh, Scream 6 <laughs> has moved up its uh, release date. It's not coming out March 31st of 2023. It's coming out March 10th of 2023. Oh, that much earlier? I thought it was like a week. No, two weeks. Okay. Uh, every- three weeks. That's three weeks. Is that three? That's 21 days. Yeah. All right. So uh, everybody's Wait. excited about it. I'll okay. take it. I'll take it as soon as I can get it. Live from New York. It's Scream 6. Nice. John. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to see where where they'll go with this one after the events of this last one. With the Ghostface Band, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. I'm yeah, I'm curious too, especially since it's taking place like in New York City, right? Mm. It's a different setting than than we're we're used to seeing these like suburban settings mostly. Yeah, Woodsboro. Yeah, or yeah. like at the college campus in the, yeah. and what was it, the second one, the third one? Yeah, the second yeah. one. It was all in the same area. So is Sydney Prescott going to be the killer in this one? I would be surprised. She's not supposed to. She wasn't even supposed to be in it. So I doubt that they're going to write her into yeah. it. I disagree because the, actually a story that we mentioned before. No, I know that she's back, but originally she was like out of it and back in it. So Yeah, I heard I, I heard different things. I heard that she like there were disputes over money. And then I also heard that she just wasn't happy with the script. Yeah. So, I, you know, like she's she has given of herself enough. Like if she doesn't like, she should do whatever she wants to do. Like I, I would not begrudge her like not appearing in the film, but if she does great, but you know, she's, I think she's earned the right to do whatever the fuck she wants. Sure. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, she's done well with that franchise. I mean, again, everybody knows who Sydney Prescott is. She's a screen queen. 
like oh, Jake yeah. Lee, like mm-hmm. oh, sure. anybody else. So, yeah, like I heard Sienna. Gail's the killer. Oh yeah, like Sienna. <laughs> yep, she's a new square- scream queen. Uh, Gail, wait for real? No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> oh. Wait, but is she like, in it? Do we know if she's yeah, in it? Yeah, probably. What else is Courtney Cox up to? Yeah, what else is she up to? Yeah, Jacqueline did a double take. What? Gail? Well, I mean, like, I'm Gail, very gullible. Gail's doing the extra murders, so she has more stories and books to sell. Like, obviously, they already went that way with her as a red yeah. herring in other films, yeah. anyway. So. Doing the same thing as Loomis in the Rob Zombie Halloweens. And yeah, exactly. Trying to sell books. Oh, those are everybody's got favorites. It in. Jack hey. got it in. I already, I already said Oh, it. you did already say it, Hydra Burke. I'll it. give it to Jack. That's fine. You beat oh, me. No, no, no. It was you. No, let's give it to Jack. No, 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 no. I'm not one to accept undue credit. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> All right. Well, those were that, that was some salacious news. Like, we got a good mm. half hour of discussion out of that. Thank you. Well, um, Johnny. Yes. This week. Yes. It's your pick. Yes. Why did you pick Terrifier 2? Well, I had originally planned on doing it a couple of weeks ago, but uh, somebody on this show got COVID, John. You. Um, <laughs> this is a Halloween movie. So, I mean, it would have been perfect for our horrors of Halloween month, but we have to talk about it. I mean, this thing is so big, so huge that that we have to talk about it. So I decided... Flipping things around. Uh, I think you brought it up earlier, Jacqueline. It was bodies, bodies, bodies that we were going to do this week. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. no, no, we're doing a uh, terrifier too. So that's why I decided on it. You know, I'm glad because I'm always a little depressed after Halloween. And so I'm fine with like kind of extent, like artificially extending Halloween a little bit. And I kind of enjoyed remaining in the Halloween vibe for a few extra days. So I appreciate it. And I would have been sad if we didn't get a chance to cover this. So I'm really glad that you picked it. Yeah, me too. I I, I was very excited to see this. I mean, bodies, bodies, bodies. I was like, mm, whatever. But like this one was just, it was even pre-hype of it coming out to the theater, staying out there for like an entire month and making yeah. goddamn money. It was I think they like, hit $10 million. It did make. Yeah. After this weekend. Yeah. After $250,000 budget. I mean, that's fantastic. Unreal. Unreal. I mean, that's, that's really an achievement. I mean, that's like, I don't know. I mean, it's not like Blair Witch level, but you know, in terms of like return on investment, but it's pretty damn good. So. I think the Blair Witch would have done the same thing in in a pandemic, you know, I mean, a low budget, like people would have, it was word of mouth for that movie. Um, If, if Blair Witch would have been in this time, it would have done the same thing. But I mean, this movie was like, so micro budget compared to what it made. It was. All right. Well, I'll stop, but yeah, (laughs) it was good. All right. Well, let's decide, shall we? Whether Terrifier 2 bucks or sucks john kick us off oh my gosh this is like one of those kinky fucks that you just <laughs> want to have you kinky fuck <laughs> yeah. you want to be kinky with this one um did it i'm trying to think of no I- i'm gonna say this movie fucks sorry jack okay what about, you? What, what about you uh i think it is my opinion that if you want to fuck with this movie, you have to have a strong stomach and you have to be down with some hardcore shit. This is going to be digging in your guts. Exactly. But um, if you can get down with that, then this movie is a great fuck. Faux show. Hydra Bird. 
Uh, so yeah, this is the type of fuck that you try once and you aren't quite sure if you liked it, but because of its performance in certain areas, you want to try it again. And then on the second go, you enjoy it a little bit more. So for me, this is a semi-hard fuck. Semi-hard fuck. Okay. All right. Interesting. I wasn't sure which way you're going to go with this. So nice. The second fuck for me has been a better fuck than the first time I fucked this film. So, <laughs> you, know, you know, it always is. You have to get to know each other a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. learn each other's oh, yeah. uh, you know, zones spots. And... Yeah, zones, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little kink in there, a little kink. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There you go. Gain a little trust. Of course. Yeah. So, uh, well, now that we've established that John is a kinky fuck, <laughs> John, you want to give us a spoiler warning? Absolutely. Uh, Terrifier 2 from. 2022 if you have not seen this movie pause the podcast go watch it then come back to the podcast what we thought about it all right hydroberg i cannot wait to hear this reach around plot summary either oh my god okay i might have a couple tricks in my bag here we go your bag are you saying that you are a trick since you are in the bag yeah baby (laughs) you guys ready yes Mm -hmm. All right. Sienna Shaw had a dad that could draw. He drew of Valkyries and the horrors he saw. One of those things was Art the Clown, the killer whose body never was found. He killed eight people a year ago. The legend of his massacre surely did grow. The death of a father, a tremendous blow. Sienna's family trying to pick up the pieces. No clue of the killer clown who writes with his feces. Except for her brother who used Art for his theses. Now that Art has a partner, his kill count just increases. A pale little girl has entered his world. New visions of terror they both now unfurl. As they paint the town in a black and white swirl. Or perhaps you thought I was going to say red. After all, Art does give out candy from a dead lady's head. Cut Allie to pieces in the comfort of her own bed. If you've come across this clown, all signs are you're dead. Sienna is consumed by her fear and her dread. Across a funhouse floor by her feet she was dragged. Just when it seems her confidence sagged. A blade from her dad appears in her hand. Swings with the vengeance and it's off with his head. Art the clown now finally dead. Now our final girl, Sienna, not one to brag. Put a stop to this clown and all of his gags. Raise his head in the air and put it into the bag. (laughs) (laughs) Hydroberg, that was spectacular. I don't even know where to start. So Um, many things I loved about that one. I want to start with the, the candy in the head. How dope was that scene? I like the little kids. Like one of them was like, "Oh, that's gross," and one of them was like, "It's sticky." It's just, it's just like fake it. blood. Don't worry. <laughs> He's like, "I like it." But the mom yeah. goes, "Yeah." The mom goes, "No, it's just fake blood. It's yeah. just blood. Don't worry." That's about me it. as a mom. It's okay, sweetie. Look how cool that is. <laughs> I like to start with the beginning. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, someone please just explain <laughs> to me why? How is art supernatural again? I just I must have forgot how well of a job they did the first movie explaining that to us. We don't I don't think we know how it is. I think he just is. Okay. Um I think I think maybe that's something we'll get more insight into as the series continues. I hope so. We go into three and four. And I so hope there's a fourth. Well, I so I've heard Damien Leone talking about future, you know, endeavors with this character okay. in this franchise. And he has basically already written a treatment for Terrifier Three. I don't yeah, think I there's a finished that. script, but there's a treatment for it. And um, I've heard him say that it's getting so big that he feels like, honestly, they could split it into parts three and four because he doesn't mm. want to make another two hour and 20 minute movie. OK, Thank so you. So, Thank so, you so, so much. If Danny <clears throat> Leone is not getting called from Hollywood, that is a fucking crime. 
He is. So I've heard him on a bunch of like live Instagram interviews and stuff. And um, he, he is. Oh, good. I mean, like for me, it's just, he has 250,000. And by the way, I'm going to give a big quick shout out to my former podcast partner, uh, Andy Gilly. Uh, he Very actually, good. yeah, he, he gave to the India go, go for this movie, uh, Woo-hoo. like three, three and a half years ago. So he came to this and yeah, I saw his name the three times I watched this movie and I was just like, fuck yeah, man. I actually texted him like, yeah, that's awesome. That his names are in his names in the credits. Yeah. That's really fucking cool. That is really cool. Um, the laundromat scene. Pretty, (laughs) pretty funny. I, it's very comedic. It was oddly comedic. I just thought it was like, I don't know. He's just arts reading the paper, butt naked. (laughs) With nothing on but his makeup and, and his bald head and his clown shoes. And like, he's just reading the paper, like, haha, laughing at politics and whatever. And then well, he's, and he's not laughing at like massacres. Yeah, he's like, somebody died right. in a car yeah. crash. He's like, was a family of four died. And he's the just on like. But then, the, <laughs> so the pale girl shows up then, right? Yeah. Well, wait and... a second. Before that happens, we actually learn something really significant about Art the Clown. So he's going commando under that clown suit. This oh, whole we did. Nice. He's been going commando. We did. And we get jump cuts to him killing uh, the guy at the morgue. Yeah, the doctor. The doctor at the morgue and ripping his eye out, putting it into Into his his eye and then like giving a a look and a nod at the camera like, hey, it fits, you know? Well, it's a breaking the fourth wall type thing. And smashing his head with like one of those little tiny hammers that they... Little mallets, yeah. Yeah. And then just proceeds to tear his face in half and then pull his brain out. Um, and then we get an awesome little montage of a what? Trash bag. Of the trash bag. Of him <laughs> emptying out trash from a trash bag and then throwing scalpels and acid in there. The acid had a cap on it, I'll give you that. But And all types of little toys and stuff. And then you see him walking with his trash bag down the the uh, an alleyway, which is a really cool shot. I did like that I whole silhouetted that. light behind the light. Yeah. Just like, yeah I- I love that shot behind him where the cop cars are driving by, but the way it was like grinning at them. So here's the thing about the first one was it was so gritty, like so grindhousey. Yeah. Just uh, this one felt very clean to me. Like the way he uh, Damien Leone shot it was just, it was just very well lit. It was brighter. It's a brighter brighter. film. It's more, it's a little more polished, I think. Yeah. 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 Whereas the first one just felt, uh, yeah, it was grittier. It was just. Yeah. It all had that single location setting too. Where, like, yeah. It much they, this jumps around a lot more. So yeah, you know, a lot more locations in this where they can brighten things up and change the the mood. Yeah, it feels like there's more room for everybody to like act and do their thing. Yeah. Like, there's just yeah. room for more stuff to happen. You know, in the in the location, the limited locations of the first one, it's like there's only so much that you can really do. Like, people can only hide so many places, and people can only. You know, it was a problem with the first one, though, because it was just like it was an apartment building, but it just it, it felt so vast. Like mm. this one felt a little more condensed. However, it was in different places. It didn't feel as jumbled. Right. This mm-hmm. is like a small town sort of vibe, right. almost like a Haddonfield kind of vibe. Yeah. To it a little bit. Well, yeah. There was an homage to Halloween in this movie. I, I don't know if you guys noticed it, but the boyfriend of the girl that slipped. Um, what's her name? Molly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, he was wearing uh, uh, oh the Bob oh, costume. Yeah he, was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, he was wearing for like one second, and then he pulled it. Yeah, off, then he right? took it off, and then because he had to reveal that just the tip T-shirt, obviously. <laughs> well, obviously, you have to have that in there. Um, so just back to the laundromat scene, just real quick, because I think it's kind of important. They introduced the pale little girl in that. Yes, they give us no context of where she's come from. Um. I do no, know that hey. her character, like the little girl was a cosplayer who cause and Damon, the only saw her in like a post on Instagram and just like loved the image of her as art, the clown. And he wanted to put her in the movie. So I don't know if he just wrote her in the movie based on that. It kind of seems that way. I, I do like her. Like the image of her is awesome. She's striking as hell. Like she looks awesome. She's she acts really well, too. She's scary as fuck. I she mean, is scary as fuck. Well, the one thing you notice is that that it was one of the girls that was killed. I mean, I, I guess one yeah. of the uh, flash up scenes of the, the, the uh, newspaper clippings mm -hmm. that you see her. It was one of arts victims, possibly. Correct. Um, we also see she takes a shit on the floor. It's got blood in it. I don't know if she should get that looked at, but mm. our team very impressed by that. I thought it was a shit. It actually. looked black to me. It looked like there was yeah stuff in there, like yeah. innards or whatever. But like, so she's a figment of his imagination. That's this is where I get a little confused, though. Because other, nobody can see him, ex, ex, see her, except Jonathan can and Sienna can see her. But nobody else has seen her. The other guy that's in the laundromat at that moment looks and just sees Art playing patty cake naked with nobody. Mm -hmm. There's nobody there. But Art sees her and he's at first he's confused by her. But then he just sort of like he digs it like she, you know, she's gross like he is. And he's just sort of like, oh, OK, they're kindred spirits. I'm just curious of what she's supposed is she supposed to be the supernatural being that's that's that art gets his power from or like because they don't explain a goddamn fucking thing about that. Not at all. I mean, they don't explain the lore of art at all. I mean, I I've heard people say, oh, yeah, they explain the lore of what what art is. You know, he's supernatural. But they did that at the end of the first one where, he, you know, the yeah. flicker and all of a sudden he gets up. And you can make the argument that like, oh, well, you don't I don't need everything explained or blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But this film kind of makes it seem like they want to explain some things to you, but then they never go fully in. Never. There's a couple threads in this movie that I would want to pull on more that they don't give us. And maybe I'm hoping they pay it off in the third one, maybe. Because there's this character where there's art being supernatural. We get this mm -hmm. character who shows up out of nowhere. And she can talk sort of in other people's voices, but she's technically not really there. So it's really just art talking in these people's voices. Like, I don't, it's weird. And only see well, the only people Jonathan that see her. Well, aren't the only people that ever hear her talking, Jonathan and Sienna. So wouldn't that be they logical are. then since they're the only ones that can see them? It's just yeah. Sienna though. I mean, Sienna hears. No, Jonathan sees her also and hears her. Do, does Jonathan he hear her? I, I thought he was like, like completely passed out when when no he sees oh, her in the school and then he sees her in the van when her isn't eyes he light call, up he's she's calling him from the van she's like oh, that's jonathan's oh, voice yeah okay okay that's um cool. so since we're talking about this i i didn't i didn't know we were going to jump into that right away but i think that the the element of the little girl i agree with you guys that she looks really cool and you know creepy and yeah. it's really it's an effective look but in terms of her role in the story, I I don't think like nothing is explained and it it just feels like there's no real reason for her to be there. It feels Absolutely. as though she was shoehorned into mm -hmm. the story for some reason. Like he saw this 
cosplayer and was like, oh, I want to put her in there. Um, it feels like that. It. So I, I also agree with you that there are other things in this movie that seem to not have answers. So, for example, whatever the connection is with Sienna and Jonathan's father and him having some kind of premonition about what was going to happen with art and this idea that Sienna was going to be like this warrior who would defeat him or could possibly mm -hmm. defeat him. But it feels different to me. So that element with her father that feel like we don't know that whole story it's alluded to throughout the film right. um at one point jonathan jonathan says oh it's as if he knew what was going to happen so that suggests to me that that is a story that has yet to unfold but that we will get more of that in part 3 at least i hope so I but do the too. way that but the way the story is told is it does seem like that is it's just going to have to unfold in its own due time but the little girl doesn't quite feel like that to me. What, like, what if it's Art's innocence, like, like his, you know, him becoming this psycho killer. But, but there's some innocence because, like, uh, like you were talking about Hydraberg when they're when they're in the uh, uh, laundromat and just playing patty cake. Yeah, he's doing that. That that's maybe his innocence. That's implying yeah, she's that she's also art... like fucking ripping apart a possum and like playing yeah, with its guts. It. I mean, like and she like... did. She did not. She actually threw she it did. to art. No, she eats part of it. She's chewing. She's on like digging around point. in there. I and like... that, but that maybe that's his. That's her. His innocence because he rips the guts out and gives it to her while she eats it, and it was just mm -hmm. like, you know, I don't know. I even if it is, it really doesn't explain why Sienna and Jonathan can see her or hear her, and nobody else does. And also, Jacqueline, you mentioned the dad. There's definitely some kind of connection to the dad in art or like yeah. either premonitions or I was wondering, are they laying breadcrumbs to tell us one day that like art is their dad or something like that? Like the killings happened after his death or that's, something weird. That's like, what yeah. I thought. I, I thought art was like some sort of premonition of mm. dad because his drawings started getting more grotesque. Like they started out as just like comic book sort of stuff and like D&D, &D, like fantasy drawings. Like, and then... Yeah, like, drawing like, but I wasn't. I think he might have just been drawing arts victims, maybe. Maybe Hydraberg. What you might really be onto something there. What? Oh man. Well, I, because I'm now that I'm thinking about it, that when you remember when the friend Brooke was explaining to her boyfriend in the car what happened with she's like, Oh, yeah, he had a brain tumor and he started really acting different. He was having hallucinations and he started getting really being abusive. abusive. Yeah. yeah, and it's said that. Their dad died a year ago. Well, Art went on his killing spree from the first movie a year ago. And there was nothing really that talked about him before prior that night. Yeah. That's, I, yeah. I, and I agree with that 100%. I mean, it was just like, like, like she kind of realized that, you know, her, her destiny was to eliminate what he was doing. You know, it was just like, oh, okay. So she. Oh, go ahead. No, but I mean, the brother was like noticing it, too. And then the mom, you know, the mom felt like a piece of shit. But at the end, she redeemed herself. There was a lot of nice character arcs in this movie. They were. I didn't mind the mom so much. Like, yeah, she was like, she was tough. I mean, she's dealing with it. It's only been a year since her husband died. You sure. know, and like she's just handling everything you get. Every time you see her, she's kind of 
on a work call or whatever. So she's definitely like she's working from home like every minute she can to earn money yeah. to take and care she's of her worried family. About her kids she's stressed out. Seem, yeah, she's worried. They both seem to be kind of fucked up. The one thing that bothered me about the mom was kind of her acting, to be honest. Like, yeah, it was it was I very agree. stiff. It was very it was very what? It was a couple like touching moments between her and Sienna, though. Like, I did appreciate that that mm-hmm. part of the script, like the writing mm-hmm. have definitely improved since the last one. Yeah. Um, so as as it relates to the mom, I I wouldn't say she was a piece of shit. I do think no. that she was like, I don't know if I want to go so far as to say abusive, but maybe abusive. Like there's a lot of screaming at the kids and yeah. a lot of profanity that was kind of over the top, even when like I feel like the profanity was not really warranted. OK, but at the sorry, go ahead, John. No, I just I, I disagree. I think she was just at her wits end. You know, yeah, I was yeah, just gonna that's say what, that. That's what I was gonna say. I yeah, think she's like parent. maxed out. She's by herself. She's widowed, and she's worried about her kids. She's trying to hold down her job, and I think she's just like really frayed at the ends. So I'm not excusing some of her behavior. It's like you know, but I couldn't call her a piece of shit, mate. Yeah, I'm not. I would yeah. not call her a piece of shit. I think she's just like a stressed out mom who's making some mistakes, but still trying. I don't you know? think like I'm, if we saw glimpses of her as that type of mom all the time before the dad's death and yeah i could say that but i think it's like you said she's she's hit a wall well her and sienna so had, stressed out. yeah her and sienna had a great conversation while sienna's on molly because her friend slipped it into her drink but it was just like sienna said i love you mom i don't say that enough and it was just like the mom goes you know it, 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 at, like the way she acted was just like oh my god because yeah, mom's she just like laying into her about her brother and her like you better not come and Sienna right. just like kind of cut through that she was just like exactly I, love right. I, I thought the acting was really really good at that scene so mm-hmm. i think and she also sorry go ahead i uh, know it's fine i was just gonna say i think the acting from uh laura lavera mm-hmm. i think her acting is is a highlight of this film the one who plays sienna Oh my mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. I think her character in general is just definitely the main focus on the writing, and you can tell it's terrible that she plays a 17 year old girl. But man, I just I, I had a real crush on her, and I oh, she's so hot, she is hot, and um, don't like feel bad. I think she's supposedly. in her what yeah. she's like in her she's in her 20s. Oh, is she I don't know. We were talking in the Slack, so there's like a lot of ambiguity about her age online, like because someone found out that supposedly she was like 40, she's been. She's been practicing martial arts for over 19 years. I know that. It says it in her in her well, IMDb. She could have started when she was like five. No, she could have. But that could... If she's 40, I want to know the skin products that she uses. <laughs> she, said, she said that she was born in the 90s, but she okay. would not confirm which year. She's so gorgeous. if she were born say. in 1990, she would be 32 right now. But this was filmed mostly in 2019. So three years ago. So she could be as old as 32 or she could be as young as, let's see, 1999. She could be as young as 23 right now, which would make her about 20 when this was filmed. Yeah. So like a lot of these threads we're talking about, I think they're very, they're pretty interesting, especially in comparison to the first film, which really was just like a single location and a bunch of kills with really bad acting. There's Mm -hmm. some, there's some bad acting in this movie, but it's a lot better. Uh, the writing's better. That's mainly, I think, what it is, too. Like, We didn't um, have a crotch to head kill. No, but we had some pretty abusive, like, horrible kills. I will say that most of these kills were not sexualized, like the last one. Not at I all. I didn't feel like not there was all. any aim towards just the women in no. general. Like, everybody True. got their comeuppance, or not comeuppance, but they got killed 
Well, you got a dick stab in this movie. We did. We That's got a dick true. ripped off. Multiple dick stab. It was like. Mm-hmm. And he ha- happened to have the ironic shirt that said just the tip on it. <laughs> I thought it was right. funny, but also a little too coincidental. Like, Art didn't even have time to see that shirt to really plan that kill, I feel it like. It was just but, his uh, destiny, Hydrobrain. Yeah, to have his dick ripped off. And they, they miss an opportunity, though, when Art pulls Brooke out of the car that he didn't, like, try and shove it in her mouth. Because that would have just been, like, hilarious, I think. No, he just parts Allie. He puts it up. He shoved it against the window. Yeah. And then he breaks it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Allie gets, I mean, not Allie, uh, Brooke, she runs away. Right. I thought thought a brutal kill was actually the dream sequence for the uh, clown. uh, That was Clown Cafe. The Clown Cafe. That that was brutal, man. So I'll have to say that I was a little late to the first time I saw this movie in theaters. And that's the scene I walked in on. Oh, really? I walked in on the clown cafe scene just beginning, and I'm like, "What the fuck's going on?" Wow! I'm like, "This has got to be a dream." Yeah, I will say that scene's very cool. It's shot really awesome. I love the mm-hmm. gore. It plays a play a little bit longer than they need to, and they could have used that time to pay out some of these threads that we're talking about the more interesting parts of the story. So we didn't. We have a two and a half, almost two and a half hour movie where we don't. There's some interesting story parts that we just don't get paid off, and we're wondering, like, hopefully they are paid off in a sequel. Well, so to your point there, I, I don't feel like I needed more answers about the dad thing, and I feel like I'll be okay with it if that is addressed more in part three. Yeah, which I assume it will. We don't see what he looks like, so there's a good chance that yeah, maybe he is art. Yeah. Um, or even if he's not, like, even if it's not the dad, I mean, that just was kind of an idea I latched onto and ran with for a second. But even if he's not, like, there's obviously some connection there for some reason. So I, I felt fine with that not being totally explained because it really felt sincerely like it was being set up for more explanation in part three. So I'm fine with that. I can be patient. That's fine. The degree to which it was alluded to during this movie was like, enough for me to understand what they wanted me to understand like okay you know the dad was drawing these pictures and apparently like maybe sending some kind of a warning or like you know message to the kids they're taking it and kind of going with it she's inspired it helps her feel strong and it helps you know she needs that strength to go up against art so the degree to which it was alluded to was fine for me what i don't feel like i want or need in a part three is is more of the little girl like i said i just yeah i feel like it kind of doesn't fit it feels like it's jammed in there and um again it looks cool but i just don't i don't think he needs like a sidekick and like she doesn't really do anything at the end of this movie when um what's her name sierra sienna beheads art with the you know like magical sword and then the little girl shows up and she's like ready to fight again. Um, Sienna's like ready to fight again. But then the little girl just picks up Art's head and kind of cradles it and like walks away. So she's not really a threat at that point, apparently. Not at all. I mean, and then she's and then she's nowhere to be found in that kind of post credit scene where Victoria like gives it, birth to Art's head. It's a mid credit scene where you're just like, OK, so that's what that was, which was a problem for me. That scene was horrible. I don't I don't understand what they're trying. What? I, I agree. Really? With you. I loved it. Yeah, I mean, I love like the the discussingness of it, but what is what the fuck is it? I, I think it's like a hint head? as to I think it's like a hint as to like something about his supernatural right. state. Well, I I kind of I, I I 
was very 50-50 on that. It was just like, okay, this is stupid. I love seeing Chris Jericho. Yeah, it was a reason to get Chris Jericho in it. I, loved I, mean, it. I thought that was dope. I mean, I, I thought that was awesome. Dummy eyeball? Well, give me some more of that brain jelly. I know. <laughs> he wasn't like a, a cooter type guy. Where he was just nah, like, nah. My, my wife, my wife made that, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you I, also I, notice? Oh, go ahead. No, the one thing is, is that I love the character of Jonathan, the brother. Because he was such an awkward looking kid. I mean, and he was literally like 12 or 13 years old. That's just lanky, a long, yeah. you know, he's yeah, really long. Just, mm-hmm. a, just a really awkward kid that was placed perfectly in this. That if you, when you make a, a sequel to this one, is that he possibly could be art. Or, or or take over the. Oh uh, yeah, he could. He had like a lot of plot armor on him, so there was like a reason why he stuck around, right? Absolutely, and he got the. I mean, I hope it, not. He got the shit kicked out of him. I mean, it was just it was heartbreaking to see, he and did. it was kind of dumb to see. But I like, do think that the character's not bad. I I thought the acting by the kid. No offense, but it wasn't that great. It was kind of oh, very. Really? I, I, I don't know. Just not him, like really fucking I, whiny. I totally oh. disagree. I thought he did a fantastic job at acting. Being a whiny kid, yeah, I guess so. No, well, that's how twelve year olds are. Like, I, I mean, do you ever spend any time older than twelve? Was he twelve? I have. Yeah, no, he 12, 12, 13, Whatever. He said, he said he was twelve. Yeah, I mean, and the thing was, is that like he was so awkward. He was a nerdy kid, or what people perceive as a nerdy kid in school. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought he did such a good job. I would love to see him back. Like, even if it's a couple of years later, you know, he's, it, and maybe he's like this big buff guy now. I don't yeah, know. Of course he is. His, his voice filled his out. His dropped bit. and his yeah. voice is fucking deeper. I mean, what, like this movie was made like three years ago. Yeah. Mostly. Yeah. I most did like the relationship between her and him and his sister. I, like, love I thought it was genuine as well as the, yeah. Yeah, relationship I mean, that she has with her mother and her friends as well, like Sienna's friends, they don't feel super throwaway. Like I, I thought until the end, though. Like when well, they, they're victims at the end, they're all gonna no. Be when they go, art, like, but... like the boyfriend, the boyfriend actually seemed like one of the most cool dudes on the planet because he was very concerned about Sienna. Yeah, he yeah, did. He's a nice guy. As, he's gonna be like a cooter, but yeah, it was surprisingly yeah, he was like, he's like should we take her to the hospital? Yeah. It's it's Absolutely. not that far out of the way. Absolutely. And he was kind of shocked when Brooke he found out Brooke gave her Molly without her permission. Like he's like kind of like, oh, you just, you know, I'm into drugs, but don't you just give, give them to people without? No, all of a sudden he pulls out a bag of cocaine. And well, like, I mean, let's yeah. do some coke and let's make out and have sex or whatever. I mean, it was like, okay, so this that's guy, what you do when you're parked on the side of the road, man. Apparently. Because that's what got, I do. He got stabbed in the dick. But I did like, like <laughs> I like right when he went to go when he uh, went outside to go pee pee. Yeah, I love that. He goes where she's like, "Where are you going?" He's like, "I'm going to pee pee." Yeah. Oh yeah, bro, you're really setting the mood for some of that great makeup <laughs> sex. Like pee pee. He said it while while she was calling uh, Sienna. Well, it's that's like she was right. being his mother, you know. Like, where are you going? He's like, "I'm going to pee pee," you know, because like he's a child. Okay. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I jumped the first time I seen I saw this movie is like when he comes up to the window, I actually jumped. Yeah, yeah. Like a good jump scare. I was like, oh shit. Oh, okay. That was funny. All right. Good job. Yeah. And I well, actually I I, like, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I actually like the little interplay between Brooke and the boyfriend. I don't know the boyfriend's name at all, but I the interplay remember. between the two of them when, um, He's he like scares her and then she's like, oh, it's so funny. You know, it's really funny. And she like picks up the Coke. Yeah. Like, yeah. can, you, can you snort this out of an ashtray? I don't think yeah. you can snort this out of an know. ashtray. And he's like, no, 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 don't do it. Don't do it. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, sweetie. Yes. Yeah. He's like really humble after that. <laughs> he really is. I, I, I liked Brooke and I thought Allie was 
not bad either. Like they were, you know, there's not a ton of stuff for them to do, but I thought their relationship with Sienna felt genuine. Yeah, Allie's the one that got killed in the house, right? Yes. And like they give her shit, but then at the end of the day, like whenever it's like if she's like like when she has her panic attack, they rush to her and they're like, "Oh, we're so sorry." Allie was the sweetheart of like the friend group. Yeah. I mean, so to me, they kind of seemed like the friends in Halloween. Like I thought Allie was a little bit of the Annie and then mm-hmm. Brooke was a little bit of the Linda. Yeah. Yeah. That, a yeah. Little bit. that too. Yeah. Linda was the one that's more promiscuous, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. A little bit of more, more the wild girl. Yeah. Yeah. And Allie was still at home just giving out candy to the kids, you know, getting ready for the party. Yeah. Her out. house was like sick. Yeah. It but was. The- there was a very like a, a integral scene where she's like putting on the makeup, but she looks at her her dress where it's like almost provocative, and she looks like she felt bad about it, like she was gonna wear this dress, like where show her breasts or 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 like flavors or something like that. That's intercut with the scene of uh, Sienna like getting ready. She decides to go out and like she gets ready, and we get like. We don't. She's not fully nude, but we get like a glimpse of her in the shower, and then we see her like getting her. Armor on it, right? But I mean, you do. You see her button like some side boob, and I'll be honest, like she's gorgeous. But I thought it was tastefully done. Like it was like tastefully sexy and also badass. Like it shows like she's getting. I like the montage of like her putting on the armor and stuff. Then her mom's like, "You look like a stripper." It's like, well, you gave her a stripper's name. Like, (laughs) God, Uh, (laughs) a cut above does not insult anyone named Sienna. Yeah, if you ever name your child Sienna, welcome to the stage, Sienna. Oh, God. there are plenty of people named Sienna. Jeez, we've talked about Brad's before and Chad's. Well, that's different. Well, Chad uh, different. is a terrible name. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Chad is a terrible name. But no, I'm just kidding. I remember writing that though I, when I was in the personal life. though. Like, if a guy's name's Chad, because that's what my ex-wife cheated on me with. Uh, oh no, man, we're getting real personal. Sorry, Chad. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Chad. Damn. My name. Chad best like apologize. My name's Chad. <laughs> um. Well, so since we're talking a little bit about Allie, yeah, um, is that her name? Yeah. Should we talk about her death? Yeah. So Ooh. Art shows up to her house after the Halloween show, which we'll touch on also. Hold on, I uh, like that whole scene was dope. Like, like the costume store. Huh? Yeah. At the costume store. No, I'm talking about like when oh, she to her house. Yeah. Our, our, Allie's the Allie's the friend who dies at her house. Okay, yeah, the one handing out candy to okay. the treaters. So, so the break in the glass. I mean, they they show that scene probably three times of like the same scene of the broken glass with the rain going through. But like the way Art walks through, and he he's totally aware that Allie is right behind him, and he takes a drink of water and it just drips off his chin, and the way he looks back at her was awesome. So he shows up at the house. We don't. It's not really explained why he, how he just happens to know where Allie lives, but that's fine. Whatever. No, he he I assumed he followed her home from the costume store. Right, but I he, guess I mean he spent a lot of time in the costume store killing the fucking guy. I understand, but, but he's also asking for candy. He opens up his. No, I get it, and he opens yeah. up his bag, and did you I don't see think that was coincidental. Fucking brim with pieces of screws, hatchets, <laughs> fucking mallets. I Dude, knew that thing's so got more metal than a moment. transformer, bro. I knew you were like, God damn it. <laughs> Dude, it, that thing is filled with padlocks and chains. It's got a hacksaw. It's got just screws outside of the boxes. Just and forks. Around. Forks. There's a fork in there. You're right. There's acid the in there. Dude, <coughs> it's, it, it's amazing. And she just looks in like, oh, my God. 
She's as shocked as I am about that fucking thing. Yeah, because she goes, if I just give you candy, will you go away? He goes, and he's still he nods his head. Yeah. I would have loved for her to question him and be like, what kind of trash bag is this? You know, it's amazing. I'm how, do you, a member how do you Costco. keep all those things? There's <laughs> no way he keeps this one trash bag this whole it's, time. I, or the I, trash said bags before, from the morgue, the county morgue are like the strongest trash bags fucking known to man. I'm sure he's triple bagging. Uh, well, we have mentioned in the Slack that it's possibly because he's supernatural that he's got a supernatural trash bag. Mm-hmm. Or if you're a D&D fan, a bag of holding, which is a bag that's basically li- like almost limitless. Like you can carry almost anything in it. It's like Mary Poppins bag. Yeah. This movie is exactly like Mary Poppins. So, yeah, he shows up at the house and there's a cool scene between her. Some play where she's like, oh, you're the guy from the costume store, aren't you? And he's like, yeah. And she's still not creeped out totally for- about it. She's just like, she OK, should be. Yeah, you're you're too old for candy, and he yep. just still opens his bag, and then we see all the fucking stuff in there. That makes Give sense. Him a little to me, bit. Though. Yeah, I mean that makes sense to me though. Is like 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 she's not totally threatened by this guy. Like she yeah. saw him at the the costume store. She doesn't know what's going on or what had happened. And, you know, he's just holding his bag. He's like, I want candy, and it's like you're weird, dude. But she doesn't quite believe Sienna because Sienna, after the costume store, expressed her fears. Mm-hmm. Or do her about bumping into him at the costume store. Um, yeah. So she, what is it? It's like nighttime later, like a little while later, she hears the broken glass. She's getting ready to go to the party, and she hears the broken glass. And then he just like nonchalantly is walking around the house, like as if he doesn't. He's not aware she's there. He's just he, drinking totally water, is. like you said. Yeah, he totally is. He oh yeah, it's exactly what's going on. Hold on, can and we he, go back for two seconds? Please, yeah. please. Listen, if I saw a creepy dude out in public somewhere and then like an hour later he showed up at my door, I don't give a fuck what he's looking for or whether it's Halloween or what. I'm slamming the door in his face stat and calling the police. Yeah, with because the trash at that bag point, full of rusty weapons. At that point, well, even before I saw the rusty the, the trash bag full of rusty weapons, just the fact that I saw somebody out in public, I have traveled home because they live in like the suburbs. Right. That store was in New York City. Yeah. Okay. It said gotcha. NYC next to the name. And so like sh- th- it's not close. But Jack, like he you- has traveled and shown up at her personal home. I I I get mm-hmm. that. But, but, mm-hmm. but do you really think she understood what she saw at the at the uh, uh, costume shop? Exactly. It doesn't matter. Any, any, human being, any stranger that I don't know that I see out in public yeah. and then I see them an hour later at my at home. House, only, I, only... I don't care who they are or what they look like. I'm I'm calling the police. Like, somebody has woman, followed like me. That's clearly. instilled in you to be like very The only way I can explain that away is that she was on the phone and she looked up. Oh, I'm sorry. And you know, Art just kind of like lets her go. And that was it. I feel like they play it off because it's Halloween. So she's I just feel like, like she oh, clocked. just a guy. I feel like she clocked him. And I think that like when, so when she opens the door, I think she first like within a couple seconds, she knows that that's the guy from the- she even said she's like, wait a yeah, second. You're are that you guy. that creepy guy? From the co- like, yeah. At that point, once that yeah, light bulb went on, 
that door would have been fucking locked and I'd be on the phone. I know, but but that was the the problem with it is like, okay, maybe she was like like questioning that and then is like, okay, so I give you candy, you'll get away from here. And, yeah. And, I'm not bargaining. He also had blood all over him that no. he didn't have at the costume store. <laughs> yeah. The guy I'm, not, I'm not bargaining. I'm just, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm taking action. And so, I, I understand like it has to happen this way for the movie. This is not real life. It's a movie. But if it were real life, I would not be like having a friendly <laughs> chat. So he chases her up the stairs, right? To mm-hmm. her bedroom. Oh, well, and the thing I love about that is, like you guys said, at first he's like kind of acting nonchalant. He's just kind of sashaying around the house, like pretending yeah. that he doesn't know she's there. But then once she realizes like, oh, fuck, this guy's going to kill me and she starts to run, he drops all nonchalance and he just like fucking like books it after her which mm-hmm. is really scary like in in one second he goes from pretty relaxed to like predator like immediately and that yeah. that was frightening to me it was what was the first thing he did was it cut off her scalp no he cuts her eye brutal oh my god then he proceeds to cut her scalp with like some dull ass little scissors like some yeah. fucking nail trimming scissors and somehow her brain is exposed like where did her skull go did he cut yeah. the skull off with scissors i don't think so it's a movie but, but anyway it looks right he's got a bag my... full of fucking shop objects the trash <laughs> bag so we there's it's... probably a bone saw in there with the blade exposed there just is. you know sitting in that trash bag so yeah he cuts her scalp off and just peels it off right off and it's it's a ama- it's an amazing effect. All the it effects really is. in this movie are amazing. Um, yeah, I it, it and if we were going to compare the uh, the kill in the first one of like the crotch to head, mm-hmm. this might have been the scene because like he he cut her like I don't know. Repeatedly. He, he did. I mean, it was almost like uh like cutting a steak or, or he breaks her arm. And then wiggles it enough that he just tears it off. Tears it off like a drumstick. And he also breaks her hand down the middle, which I that that looks gross, but at the same time, it's a little bit unbelievable. It's like he didn't cut her. She's still crawling. Manhandled it. Yeah, she's still crawling with that hand that she got split in half, like going up the phone. Oh, and doesn't he peel her whole face off, or like half of her face? Is it like a bunch? Then he goes downstairs. He leaves. He cuts her up a bunch, which I did like. There's a scene. Where he's slashing her, and every time he slashes her, you see blood splatter on a picture, yes. on the wallpaper, and then the next like three splatters, it's a picture of the hat she was going to wear for a costume, her actual costume on the wall, and then the cell phone that she wasn't able to crawl to or answer. And I just kind of liked how they intercut those three things that like, you know, what she should have been doing, sort of like, she should have been in her costume going out with her friends or whatever. Yeah. She wasn't able to crawl to the phone and answer it when... Sienna was calling and then like we don't see the initial cuts the actual cuts going on but we know that like how graphic it is we see it later I do feel like the scene lingers a little too long though like I like that the mom comes and finds it but what doesn't do it for me and Steven mentioned this on uh spoils of horror also and he's absolutely correct like I don't know when he goes downstairs and gets the bleach and the salt as like funny as that is like oh my god he's so sadistic it just kind of it takes some of the the punch out of the kill to me. Like he's just playing with his food, and I get that's his thing. That and that's the thing about Arthur Clown, and that I kind of love is that he's always playing with his food. I get that, but it just but, I don't know. There's later in the movie, it's too much. No, and I know, but it's it, nods to the camera 
where he winks a nod to the fucking audience sure. sometimes. It's like, I don't need you to do that, bro. It kind of takes me out of the film sometimes. Because some of these kills is, are so elegant, like in their grotesqueness. And then when, Heidelberg, you, like, when you break the fourth wall, I don't know. For me, it's a complaint. Yeah, but the, uh, Heidelberg, I mean, the thing is, is that later in the movie, he's trying to play with his food, but he gets so pissed off. You, and you see it on his face. I get that. Yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, this actor was so good that that. Like, like when he's trying to kill somebody and it doesn't happen. My, it's yeah, my complaint's it's, not with art. We've already established, like, he's phenomenal. Uh, David uh, Howard Thornton is phenomenal. No, I think he's fantastic. But I mean, the I thing, just think some of these kill scenes are drawn out a little bit. They're overindulgent. I, I, to a point, they're, they're just for shock almost at some point. Like, they're cool and then they overstay a little bit. Okay. Well, I disagree. Like, make you look at it longer and longer. I, to me, it takes but a little like, bit of punch out of him. Well, but okay, you say that the, it seems like they're just intended to shock, but I I disagree with that because I think, first of all, why are we watching, watching a fucking film terrifier if we're not watching movie it for the gore? Like, well, not ju- no, that's not no, that's not true actually. Um, I mean, partially yes, but that's not the whole truth. And this actually kind of, if you don't mind, it kind of leads me to um something that I read online that I wanted to talk about for a minute. Um, I I don't think that it's just about gore. I think the fact of the matter is that one of the major improvements to this movie over the first movie is that the characters get developed so much more in this one. And I don't know about you guys, but I actually I felt like I really cared about all of the characters. Like I cared about the mom and the brother and the friends. Um, And I think because we care, we come to know them a little bit more than we did in the first movie. And because we've come to care about them, I think like are at least for me that makes it easier to stomach like the extreme nature of the the kills against them i think that if it were like in part one where we don't really know the characters and they're kind of just like bodies waiting to be dispatched then i think that that can feel excessive because at that point it's just like it's like almost like torturing the audience like making them watch this extreme stuff just on like an almost like an anonymous body but here there's like do that at all well there's like a counter i think there's more of a counterbalance between like us knowing them as people and the like extremity with which art kills them it's like i feel like we have more of a foundation that we can tolerate that better and so this kind of leads me to something that i I was going to mention at the end in like my review review but or my rating but um I'll just say it here real quick. So I'm, I read this review in, um, on Variety's website, you know, Variety, the like, you know, entertainment kind of news thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the review on there said, <clears throat> um, when you sit in a theater and watch Terrifier 2, the fact that you're getting onto a wavelength of debased cruelty along with the viewers around you should make you think, why am I even watching this? A lot of fans would answer, because it's fun. It gives me a kick. But what's the kick? and maybe a kind of distilled expression of the end of empathy. When Marion Crane got slaughtered in the shower in Psycho, we felt for her in a way we were her. But Terrifier 2 encourages us to view its victims the way Nazis viewed theirs, as gruesome fodder for an experiment in pain. So that's what Variety said, and I have to say I completely disagree with that. Because I fans, I, I, are... I agree with you, Jacqueline. I, I'm sorry, that, that that's terrible. I, I well, I think that the proof of that, the proof that that's not correct, is the fact that okay, it's been well established. I feel like we don't even need to say it, but it's been well established by now that 
people had certain complaints about the first movie and Damien Leone, when he was writing and making the sequel, he really wanted to take fans' reactions into account and try to please them. So he wanted to take their criticisms to heart and make a better movie. And so one of the main criticisms of the first one was, was there's not enough plot and there's not enough character development. We don't really know or care about these characters. The fact that fans even want to care about the characters already disputes what that reviewer wrote. We don't... like. I think that's like to say that is an insult to the intelligence of people who watch these movies because it insinuates that we don't care about character and we don't feel anything and we don't want to feel anything. We just want to see gore. And the fact that almost unanimously fans were like, we want more of a story and we want more character. We want to care about these characters. We want to see that developed. So that's why I think that that reviewer is bullshit. And that's why I think, and that's why, and that kind of like circles back to why I think the the extreme nature of the kills is kind of earned here because I feel like it's counterbalanced by our like investment. I think in that review is obviously written by somebody who's probably not into horror at all, merely really, and just had to probably review that movie for variety. I will say though, maybe like, so, yeah, but it makes a point for me. I so. do care more about our main protagonist in this film, but I don't feel that like Allie was all that fleshed out that much that her kill totally fucking shocks me. Her mother showing up and seeing it that does. That grips me. But I just feel like, like I was saying before, I just feel like you could have cut that scene a little bit and still had the grotesqueness. I didn't need her to necessarily say, Mom, or like she, you could have shown that she was still suffering and still half alive. And, and, and some I'm, of it seems over the top. Yeah, I'm I mean, fine. This movie's about like pushing limits. So I know I'm it okay is. Okay with that. I'm, I'm fine with the criticism of the mom showing up. But the thing is, is that she like wants to protect her brother. I mean, the thing was, is like Damien Leone goes, I don't have any money for this movie. And the fact that like our friend Andy Gilly and multiple other people said, I'm going to put $250,000 towards this movie. Let's make it great. This movie does not suck at all. I mean, this, this, <laughs> it, it, it was okay. So you can question some of the acting you can question some of the gore. Dude, it did not cut a woman in half from crotch to head. But it was still gory enough to where you're like, you know, uh, people that heard about it wanted to go see it. And it was like, oh, it made me sick. It made me faint. Oh, my gosh. They said the same shit about Exorcist back in 1974 that it was just like, this is gross. This is sick. I cannot believe I'm watching this. But it's a classic. Yeah. I had to. I like. I. I don't think I'm gonna like logic you into my opinion. I don't think you're gonna like logic me into yours. I just the 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 degree that that scene went to with its violence just didn't bother me, and I didn't. It doesn't it was, bother me. Like I like I didn't the think violence. It was too I just much. think. I think this film sort of overindulges some of it to the point where like we could have spent some more time with characters instead of. That scene just runs a little yeah, long yeah. for me. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I get I mean, it. We, he kills her it. in a horrible fashion. There's several scenes where he. Cut rips off her face, cuts I, her scalp, cuts her eyeball, dismembers I, I, her. I, I get that, but like her mother walks in, but I don't. I didn't really need to see him get bleach and fucking salt and rub it in her wounds like that. Just and then he smiles at the camera like I don't. That kind of that. Those are the things that sort of bother. I didn't feel me. like he smiled at the camera. I feel no, like but it's like, like with the eyeball scene in the beginning. Jacqueline, well, I, don't, I, I, I don't feel like it was directly at the camera. I disagree. I thought it was a nod to the to the fans of like, hey. Here's the fourth wall. I'm breaking it. This is mm. what I did. I get it. But for me, the I don't know. Those fourth wall breaks sort of 
take me out of the film. Like I, I, I think it's better mm -hmm. without suited without those. I get that that's art fair. is a clown. Well, that's fair, but has, I think that's a separate he, issue from like the salt and stuff. I think that's a separate but issue. I'm, all I'm saying is that I don't think that scene went over the top. Like it's too gory. I just think it was too. Oh. Like oh, you could have okay, cut okay, those, a little okay. bit of that out. No, I understand. I thought you had a better like, played scene. Is what I mean. I thought no, you were I like it goes like, too far. Okay. No, no. I'm sorry. I mean, like they're going far on purpose to shock us, right? And like I get that. That's part of what the film is. You can't say it's not. I mean, how is this? How is this film become so popular by word of mouth of people saying you're going to faint or you're going to throw up from it because of the fucking gore. That's why we're watching this film. Sure. But yeah. I mean, the thing okay, is, then I'm sorry. I misunderstood you. I thought you were no, saying I know. I get your, it I get what you're saying. It's just appealing to the fans. I mean, that's, that's what, no, I get Simone, it. He, that's what he's doing with this movie is just like a wink at the fans of like, you want this, you got this. I get it. You're winking. He winks several times is what I'm saying. A little more than, I, I think so. that doesn't benefit. The, I love that you know. about the movie. I love that part about the movie. It was just like, this is what you want. This is like the little want. girl is written in because she was sure. a fan of the movie. The, yeah. the, the cafe scene itself. Those are all Indiegogo members, people that contributed to the film. And that's fine. And that scene was almost awesome. written just to put them in the film. And it's a cool scene. I, I like it. it. And it does show like the fear that Sienna has in her through a dream sequence of like art. And then we get the candle that lights up, which wasn't lit earlier at all. Mm -hmm. Cause I've replayed that scene too, to see if like, were the candles lit? They weren't. Mm -hmm. So there's like that connection between them that plays through that dream sequence. Well, and he didn't hold back, you know, I mean, it was like, kids. And he didn't hold back in the first one either. <laughs> yeah. well, well, in this one, it was like kids dying, you know, kids like with, with kids that were, they were adults kid. playing yeah. kids. Oh, the serial kid. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, well, but that, that, like that was a dream. Yeah, I, I get that, but I, he didn't hold back on shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but oh, Hyderberg, going back to what you're saying about pacing, though, like I do think that that's something that that bears discussing. Which, so I would say, like, I I agree that there are parts of this movie that are too long. I don't know that the kill sequences are are those. Just my opinion. If anything, I would say that we could have had some serious trimming to like the final showdown between yeah. Santa and Art because I feel like that went on and on and on. It was like a fucking odyssey um, to the You're point that like to the point that like it kind of all runs together for me. Like he beats her. He beats the shit out of her. And then she kind of like gets up and hits him with something. And then I did like he it goes though. down and then he gets back up and then beats her some more and beats the brother. And then he gets away. And then it's like that first they're in here and then they're in the little churchy place and then they're outside. And, and she then ends up in the tank. She ends up in the tank. And so it, it just kind of goes on. And I mean, I feel like that was like 20, 25 I did, minutes. It's I did like, like that scene, but I that, all, that scene like also plays into some things that you don't enjoy as much, which is like action stuff, like where That's you kind of tune out a little bit. And for me, like I did like I do like that we have finally have like a tough final girl. In no, Sienna. I mean, I'm glad about and that. She got, to, like, like, really she got her on. ass kicked a little bit, but she also kicked some ass like the scene where she's getting beaten and she grabs the whip. Yes. And That's and then she awesome. turns the tide. And then, yeah, the look of shock on an arts face where like like you said, John, earlier, he's he plays with his food so much. And then we finally see where. It things don't go his way. And he's mm -hmm. like, what? That's that. That's not how it's supposed to go. And like, she's like, no, bro. Like, I'm I'm fighting back. Speaking of which, again, with the gun and the mom. Yeah. The he gun shot her the in the mom. face. The gun. And the dream sequence, too. When he pulls out that I fucking know. Tommy gun, he just goes to work with that thing. He does. I like the gun scene with the mom. It was very reminiscent of like Maniac, like that fucking explosive head scene. Yes. Maniac. Yeah. And, like, and I'm sorry, I thought it was fucking hilarious when he shoved the mashed potatoes, <laughs> mashed potatoes in, her. in her face. Oh my gosh. So I thought the same gross. thing. I was just like, 
I'll put some chicken in there or fried <laughs> chicken or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. See, like I like some of those scenes, but some of them, it's weird. This this film does a weird thing to me where it does a lot of things I like, but then like scenes of like him coming out with mom's apron on and stuff like that. I'm like, I get it. It's funny, but I don't know this. I don't know. It's it's a weird blend. That for me was one I, of my favorite fallbacks. I, I know. I tend to like things to play a little bit more serious because we there's tension in some of these scenes, but then it's undercut by some of the the winking at the camera. You know what I, I mean? And it's I, like, I get that, but I, the thing is, is that it made you really enjoy the brother Jonathan even more because he's just like this. You know, I felt for him in that 12, 12, 13 year old kid that he was just like, oh my god, I just hope he gets out of this. Yeah. And he does. And uh, yeah, true. But I mean, it was just like, like, like the first movie, you're like, I don't give a fuck. You know, let's see what happens. This girl got cut from crotch to head. Let's see what happens. I believe you called it vagina to mouth last time. I like that term. <laughs> well, so Heidelberg, I think maybe it's just a difference of taste or something, because I feel like to me, art is absolutely hilarious. Um, And so, but like, part of the reason he's so scary is that he he's really funny in my opinion but then like like you can't forget about the fact that he is like absolutely the most sadistic motherfucker alive you know like that's yeah um and so it's like it's sort of undercut by that like it, it's not just that he's wearing the apron it's that he's kind of like prancing yeah, a little and like little has bit. like some of the like these feminine mannerisms like a mom like a you know a 1950s mom who's like dinner's ready like serving the the casserole dish and and then he shoved um, that and then he like shoves some mashed, in, mashed potatoes into like a blown yeah. up face That's yeah crazy. a head that he's attached back on her body too yeah I, we didn't touch on the uh the kill in the um costume store either which was pretty I, fucking gross oh like the beer bottle in the face well yeah like he bashes the beer bottle over the guy's head yeah so but like he sticks and in the jams into his eye and like when he shows up in that scene too and like sienna sees him for the first time and she has to walk slowly past him and he's just staring at her like it, that that is part of the part that like i like when art's doing that a little bit more when he's using gags and stuff like that to me though that's creepy that's tension he does but then it sort of undercut to me when like later on upstairs he gets upstairs like i thought it was scary the way he puts her bag down Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you forgot your bag, and he picked her bag up and brought it to her. I love like, that scene where, it. like, he grabs the horn and just like puts it behind her ear and goes. So, like, he's got a blower. Then he's got two different glasses on. Like, it's a. That's what I mean by a, it, it goes over. It oversteps a little bit for me. Like, it's a cool gag, but then they they do it more and more. Right, right, right. But then he grabs the horn and just goes behind her ear and just goes. <laughs> and the she's... tension in that scene is kept at least because of Sienna's because yeah, right. of uh, Lauren's uh, acting. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like she. But that's the thing is, like, but that's I to me that's why it works is because he's doing things that are know, absurd, like and like to me they're funny, but like her reaction is very real and she's very afraid. Yeah, which is legitimate, and so there's like a tension there between him doing something that on the surface looks silly, but she feels like a real threat. Yeah, that. she does. And, and the so other guy me, at the just, counter just thinks it's like weird. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, put those so things. To me, that that just works, and it's kind of like the nature of art that, like, he he's clowning around. Yeah, he's clowning around, I and he's it. like he's entertaining himself. You know, at le- at the very least, he's entertaining himself. And with this food. Um. Yeah, and so I I don't know. I to me, it just totally works. But um. I'm but curious, yeah, that, like. Uh, what do you guys think? It- 
could this be a franchise that like lives on? It could be a third, fourth, fifth, yes. sixth. Yes. I don't know if it'll go on that far, but I definitely think I think Leone's gonna do he's gonna do the story he wants to tell, and I think that's mm-hmm. gonna be it for him. Cause mm-hmm. like you said before, Hollywood's gotta be knocking down his door. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely. And there are a lot of opportunities, but I'm sure he's probably gonna finish, you know, his his masterpiece you might you might call it or whatever like his dream project of this and then move on to something i think this was his dream project that's I, what i'm saying like this I, is I, his baby like yeah. to me is that that the fact that fans said i'm gonna send you money make me a great fucking movie um was it the best no uh could it win academy awards maybe for costume design or whatever sure uh acting no um but god damn i could watch this movie every single halloween i could put this on rotation for halloween i gotta say though i'm absolutely convinced that damon leone listens to our show because for (laughs) christ's sake i fucking hated that trash bag in the first movie and he fucking doubles down on it in this one so much it's in every shot uh, He's basically Brooke, saying, Brooke, fuck you, Hyderberg. Yeah, Brooke fucking trips over what? A trash bag, <laughs> right? Not Art's trash bag, but a trash bag. Like, the trash yes. bag has a huge role in this. He's carrying it in every fucking scene. He is. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the scene in the in the costume store, he puts it down and starts pulling out his props out of it. He's got a padlock with a chain on it. And He's some hoarders. Yeah, hoarders. horn. And then he smashes the beer bottle over the guy's head, stabs it in his, well, pulls him over the fucking counter, stabs it in his eye, which was a great, just like gory scene, pulls it out. Great, great scene. Yep. And then proceeds to cut off his head. And the actor just looks like he's really having his head cut off. Like, I got to it's very visceral. Like, his eyes are open. They're moving around. I wonder if that, that was I one was... little bit of CGI. I did read. That yeah, that was, I, I, was it really? Yeah. It's a tough scene to film like that. Yeah. It still looks like it's whole. I wonder yeah. if he was like one of the big uh, contributors for the indie. Go- Maybe. And then Art, the one scene I do like where he's gig- like fucking around is like when he's holding the head and the kid comes to this window and he's like, oh, they're closed. And he's like, oh, cool. Look at that. And Art's got yeah. the head in his hand. like. And then the- when and then when the kid walks away, he just kind of like tosses the head like, eh, get out of here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I, I, I. Yeah, my favorite scene was like when he's giving candy. Oh, it's sticky. No, that's mm-hmm. not real head. So and some of the kids dig it. Those are the those are the horror fans in the group. Like, uh, oh, it's cool. That was and the cool. mom. The mom is cool. She's like, whatever. Just it's fake blood. Just take it. Okay. Yeah, I, I will say one thing that bothered me too. Art's layer. It's called the Terrifier. Like that was sort of fucking so on the nose. Yes, it it's kind of dumb. Oh my god, is that where well, he's been like this whole might, time too? Well, I feel like it might be like it might kind of tie in with some kind of origin story for him. I mean, yeah. no one calls him the Terrifier anyway. It's only exactly. the name of the movie. Right, so that's why it works for his lair to be called I the I get it, but it's just so it's so like, hey, guys, look at this. The it, ride's called the Terrifier. It could be like, better if... It's Jacqueline, if this if that same gag was in Pumpkinhead, you would have been all over it. His head doesn't really look like a pumpkin. Like, the ride says Terrifier on it, which is sort of like, okay, we get it, bro. All right. And is this the same layer that he had from this first movie? Nice little chip shot into the hole. So there you go. It looked I, like the I same place from the things. movie, right? 
it looked like the, what it looked when like he's same got his little workbench and he's like making weapons with the girl while she's watching the TV. No, well, no, I it did, looked like what, the same space that he was in in the first one. Um, yeah, well, he did the same no. exact thing. He kicked in the. I don't know. Well, it had the same lighting and the okay, same look. Let me ask that. Is it the same reporter that got killed in the first one? It is. That's what I'm wondering yes. time wise. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. I this was is like, a year later, yet that so, wasn't really on because the so, TV wasn't plugged in. Right. But in the first movie, in the first movie, the parts that we see where the um where the victim is on the talk show, yeah. that is one year after the original yeah. murders. Okay. So that mauling takes place at the same time frame of this movie. When we see Sienna get panicked right. at school, because that's remember when the girl, they, they come to yeah, they come to school and they're like, "Did you hear about Monica Brown mm-hmm. or whatever her name is?" And yes. so, like, part of the part, like those couple of scenes in the first movie okay. are in this are on the same time in the same time frame as this movie. So essentially, those scenes where Art is gearing up and getting his stuff together, that is this movie. Like yes. this is this time frame. This time, so he yes. technically had the little girl with him then. We just didn't see her in the first film. I guess. And the so TV that, was playing that broadcast. Right. The TV so wasn't that, plugged mm-hmm. in. that mm-hmm. adds to the continuity of the first one where he kicks in the TV where he's, right. he's pissed. Yeah. Okay. So that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All yeah, right. You guys ready to give you. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's fine. Um, You guys ready to give your ratings? Yes. Uh, can we just talk about the sword? Okay. Yeah. It's got powers. Her dad gave it to her. Right. I guess. I don't. It heals her. <laughs> if you're listening to this, you couldn't see that, but Hyderberg just said, "Okay, the sword," and threw up his hands in like, well, like bewilderment. I meant to touch on it before when we're talking about all the things like her costume and like the semblance between her and her dad and like art. But I don't know. The sword's just like this random thing. Art looks at it. There's like a moment where Sienna picks it up earlier in the film and like has a moment with it where she it speaks to her almost or something. And then later on, what I think Art brings it with him to the funhouse. That's how it gets there. Yep. Yeah. So, so, and then she grabs it. Well, he, it glows. And she, she defeats him with it. Yeah. Well, it heals yeah. him. Her well, kind of defeats him. Fatal. Like it heals. Jonathan, him. Jonathan was abducted from the house. And yeah. Art grabs. What, mm, he, oh, okay. He, he shot her. Shot Jonathan with like some sort of tranquilizer. Yeah. yeah. And then grabs the sword. He's almost like attracted to it. Like he saw it there and was like, oh, yeah. what's this? You know, but so the way that I read that, like I don't have an explanation for it, but in my mind, it somehow fits in with whatever the connection is with her dad, some kind of premonition or whatever. And I think the fact that the sword seems to have some kind of like supernatural, like some kind of magical properties to it. And the fact that it allow it like glows and that kind of allows Sienna to like come back to life and heal from the wound that the stab wound that she sustained to that me was... that's like setting up the fact that sh- there's something about her and her like role within this story that she's like very much art's counterpart because yes. for most of the time art is like just like a psycho but as nah. we see at the end of the last movie and the beginning of this one, he has some kind of supernatural ability to like reanimate and like not die. And so I feel like she this is setting her up to be like the good counterpart okay. to his evil. She's like the true good. Thing. He's the true evil. Yeah. And they they're both like they both mostly function as like realist, like reality based characters. But they each have this like this one like supernatural ability to them to like reanimate or whatever. And so that's. 
I don't know why. I'm sure it'll be explained. But for whatever reason, that's why they're like perfectly matched. So maybe okay. in the third film, she'll have a mini me that's like a Valkyrie. And like the two mini me's will go after each other. She did look like Valkyrie, by the way. The the, the one yeah, problem I awesome. had with that was is that she's bleeding out. Mm. And then all of a sudden it was just like this glowing, you know, 1980s. We don't have any CGI. Let's make it look glowing. I mean, that this movie is a fan of the 80s. That's for sure. I mean, it's got well, a yeah. score. It's got the gore from the 80s. You know, he's a fan of the 80s films. That's what this is supposed to be like. Okay. So, like, well, and like we saw it, Arch, we saw Arch shoot himself in the face and yeah. he survived. So like, I mean, I think the effect we can... of the sword glowing didn't bother me as much as the fact that the sword was glowing. I'm just wondering, like, what does that mean? Like, we didn't spend any time with it, really. And I'm just wondering, like, are we going to is that going to be a connect? Are we going to have anything connect the third film with that? Hopefully. Yeah. Arch? I feel like we must. I feel like it's, I mean, it's I so know, they... clearly setting up for that. I feel like I it would guess. be like crazy not to they address pay, that. But they there were some things in the first film. I mean, that he's were no David Gordon. We didn't Green get answers to it in this film. So, huh? <laughs> I said he's no David Gordon Green. Let's give him oh, some no, credit. Yeah, definitely. Let's give him some I, credit for making a third sequel. That I did like that. Question. She's in the the tank. She sort of like is seeing the dream sequence, like the the clown cafe again, like where she was. I don't know. It was just it. I didn't need that, but it was kind of cool that callback to that scene where she's sort of dying in limbo almost and then comes back from it. Okay, did I art make, did art make any sounds in this movie? I don't know. Did he? Yes. I didn't think so. What is it? Where did what it, where okay. does he make a sound? So there's the noise from the hospital when no, no, Vicky has nope. the baby, but I think it's just nope. her saying cunts and stuff like that. Nope. The girl spit on him. He spit on her. He goes, and you hear that. Uh, oh, I mean, technically, the girl, has like a voice. the girl speaks in Jonathan's voice, and there is no girl, so that's got to be art doing that, right? Like, it could be, yeah. I well, we don't speak. know that there is no girl. Uh, whatever, there's no visible girl, but only some people see her. So, yeah, well, no, I, I like, I like, like, like she, she spits on him, like spits blood on his face, and yeah. pushes her through the, you know, the the wood thing, mm-hmm. go to hell or whatever it is, and he goes, <laughs> and I went, that's an art sound right there because he spit. I mean, yeah, that's true. He made the sound. If art spits on you when you're unconscious, does it make a sound? I was just going to say, are you? Are you uh, apparently. And there's nobody else to hear it. Does it make yeah. a sound? Uh, apparently, you, know, you go down the water slide and it just makes you feel like this. But no. He, what? You he, he lost no, me. I, I, I was talking about the little kid that goes, apparently you go down the slide and you just make you feel. <laughs> I was talking about the little redhead kid from Degeneres. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right well uh we're we're running kind of long here do you guys uh want to go ahead and give our ratings yes all right john since this was your pick why don't you go first and tell us how you rate terrifier 2 okay acting not perfect uh i thought uh i thought this movie was like a very fan fiction perfect movie for us um I don't know, man. I had so much fun watching this movie. I've I've seen it twice. Uh, I'll let you guys go more, but I'm gonna give it a eight point five out of ten. Dick stabs. <laughs> I was really wondering which way you were gonna go with that for the unit of measurement. 
<laughs> Here's another way you can go with it. I mean, he stabbed that dude in the dick like 10 times. So I'm going to go 8. Stabbed that dude in the dick. 8.5, huh? Yeah, 8.5 out of 10 dick stabs. <laughs> okay. Hydraberg, would you like to go next? Uh, yeah, I guess. All right. So uh, I have to give credit where credit's due. And I got to give props to Damon Leone for writing this film as well as directing it and helping crowdfund it so it could be made. As as well as I got to imagine, he's like responsible for a ton of the gore in this because that's his that's what he did before he was a filmmaker. He was he's been in the special effects industry, practical effects. So um, and those are certainly the highlight of the film. Um, David Howard Thornton's uh, again, his art, his performance. Uh, he's it's a stellar performance. Uh, he just solidifies his spot as one of the great horror icons. Um, you know, he doesn't speak at all. I mean, like Michael Myers doesn't speak either, but um, but he does a lot of acting. You know, Michael doesn't do as much acting. I feel like the art, the clown is is he he puts on a performance. Um, I think the gore in this film is just it goes above and beyond what we come to expect from a horror film. And it's a gore lover's dream. And although it's expertly done, I do think there's parts of it that are a little bit of a negative to me. Not the gore itself. Like it does nothing bothers me, but just the excess of it seems sometimes seems a little bit overdone. Um, I also really like the score. I think it's got a great like 80 synth vibe when Sienna's on screen. And then the usual like awesome terrifier themes that play when when art's on screen that we, you know, we got from the first film. They're just there's even more of it in this one. I think they're creepy. Uh, but I do have some cons for this film. Like the first film, this one relies on shock value to me and over the top gore that although pleasing to a horror fan, I just feel like it, it can't carry an entire film for me. Uh, just I, like I said, I just feel like some of it's over the top and becomes comical and less scary and less exhilarating. Uh, I think art always like him breaking the fourth wall sometimes just I don't know. For me, it takes it, it takes me out of it a little bit when he does a gruesome kill. Like I get it, but it's a little much. Um, I think this film is a little too long. Uh, two and a half hours just it has no business being that long. It doesn't need to be that long. I know it, it. the pacing moves pretty decently, though, I will say. But I feel like we have to wait through a bunch of like, for the most part, some of the scenes are, I want to say poorly acted, but they're, they're better acted than the first one. There's some scenes that are a little stiff, though, and we have to watch those in order to get to the next moment with art, which is really what we're here for. Um, I do think there's some of that's improved, though. I mean, it improves upon the original, but not like as much as John, like you think, but for me, at least, I don't know. Um, I think the runtime being very long was just a little bit of a mistake. Um, I also think we spent a lot of time in this film. Uh, like there's no questions to arts lore where none of them were answered. Is he man? I don't know. Is he supernatural? I still don't know. What's the pale girl? Who the fuck knows? What about Sienna's dad? I don't know. What about that sword? Who Who knows? What about Art's head being born out of Victoria's hoo-ha? Who fucking cares? <laughs> like, honestly, like, it's so much and none of it's answered. And I get it. Like, maybe the third film will answer it. Maybe the fourth one. Maybe the fifth one. Who knows? Sometimes I get the idea that Damon Leone himself doesn't actually know yet. Like, and that's okay. But, you know, as long as he spends the time to write it and it comes out in the next film, just pay off some of those things. Because I do find some of that interesting. I actually do. Uh but I don't just don't just give it to me as a small breadcrumb to keep me thinking like, oh, well, the, the next one's going to be better than, you know what I mean? Like I'm here for the kills as well as the I just want some more plot. Like give me a little bit more. Um, that also brings me to the acting and the writing. I think the writing, it's not that great. It's OK. It's better. It's 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 above a Rob Zombie film for sure, in my opinion, for the most part. Um, I thought Sienna's 
portrayed really well by Lauren Levera. Uh, she's very she's a very competent heroine and she's she's complex character. She's got complex relationships with people in her life. Um, I don't think some of those actors act as well as she does in the scenes that they're in with her, but they're OK, especially her friends. I liked um, the arts accomplice. She's cool. She looks awesome. She's scary as shit. She's useless, though, as a character. Like, what is she doing? I don't know. Uh, at the end of the day, like, this is just, I don't know. I just feel this film's a little bit overindulgent and overdrawn. I also feel like it's a little overhyped, in my opinion, just like the first one, for me, at least. I feel like it's cartoonish at times where I just, I get that's its gimmick, but for me, it's just that. It's a gimmick sometimes. I feel like it, I like the gore. I like the tension. It does that well also. And then sometimes it takes me out of it with the silliness. And I, I, I'm not against all of the silliness. I just think some of it's, I don't know. I, I prefer art to be a little scarier for me. He just doesn't scare me that much. When he beeps a horn and plays games and then a peekaboo and then winks at the camera. Like it just, I don't know. But there's a great performance by David Gordon. I mean, David Howard Green. Sorry, I must want David, David Howard Thornton. And we were talking about Halloween. <laughs> Too many Davids. Yeah. With three uh, names. So yeah, I just think the runtime and the silly pranks take away from that a little bit. So um so i know i trashed this film a little bit uh well a lot but for all its faults like it did improve on the original it gave us a really cool final girl in sienna and an oddly placed yet really cool looking mini me in in the pale girl um i really hope they pay off more about sienna like she's really interesting and i'd like to see even if she dies in the next one or whatever just give me more of her and art going at it though or her learning more about her father at least um I just really dug that. Uh, there's some fantastic kills. The score is great. Uh, it's the little slasher that could. And so for that, I'm going to give Damon Leone's Terrifier 2. I'm going to give it 6 out of 10 trash bags. Trash bags? Yeah, I'm breaking the mold. Oh, my God. That's, I know. That's fine. Hang on a second. I did, I, I mean, wrote that already. What'd you write? What, what was yours, John? Dick Stabs? Dick Stabs. Okay, a.k.a. Dick Stabs. <laughs> I, need, I need to Go check ahead and write Dick here. Stabs in the... We'll write dick stabs in the time in the uh, sheet, but I need I to like check it. something here. Okay, last year when we reviewed Terrifier, I gave it a four. Hydraberg. Wait a minute. Oh, oh, you did. Okay, I was looking at the wrong line. I thought it. I was looking at Hell House LLC, and I was like, "You gave it six point five. How are you going to say it's better and then give it a lower score?" But yeah, you I gave it a four. Four. You gave it a four. Okay. Well, that's fair then. Okay. All right, Jack. Just wanted to make sure. How do you feel about Terrifier? Deuce. <clears throat> here comes a perfect ten. I no, I well, I have a lot to say. Um, I'll try to keep it brief. Um, Hydraberg, I think you make some good points. And I think some of this comes down to just like personal taste on mm -hmm. some things. Um, like a lot of times I'm with you that I don't like my horror silly. Like most of the time I like it really serious and scary. Um, but there are exceptions to that, and I guess this just happens to be one of them. And I think it's solely because I find the character of art to be so charismatic. And so entertaining. Um, like, I feel like he's almost like a Freddy Krueger without words. Um, you know, like Freddy Krueger is kind of humorous. Like, he cracks jokes and he has, like, a lot of personality. And I feel like art is almost like that, but just with his through his body language. <clears throat> um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think that the, the standout here, like, the absolute jewel of this movie is uh, David Gordon Green. I mean, uh, David Lee Roth. I mean... <laughs> David, what's his name? David Howard. <laughs> David Howard Thornton. Uh, his performance. I mean, I think he's just like a master of like physical expression. Yeah. And I, 
between his body language and his facial expressions and his timing, like his reactions to things, I personally think it's all perfect. Um, I think his performance is perfect. That's just my my how how it lands on me. Um, I kind of I kind of talked about this already, but there are things that I think don't work in this movie. I I do think it's a major improvement over the first one in the ways that we already talked about in terms of like having more character development and having an actual plot where there really wasn't one before. Um, however, I will say as a negative that. If the first script was kind of underwritten, I feel like this one might be a little overwritten. Mm. And I think there's maybe too many elements kind of thrown together in this movie. And I think that's part of the reason that we don't get some of the questions answered that we would like to have answers to. Um, I, I I don't think that the little girl needs to be in it at all, um, personally. Like, I, I get that she looks cool and scary, but I think that's this is this might be one of those times when you have to kill your darlings and you might yeah. have an element in your story that you really like. But if it doesn't really serve the story, then sometimes you have to ax those. Um, I just don't feel like she really contributes anything other than like a cool image. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there, like she does help with one or two plot elements where she disguises her voice and to like lure somebody to do something. But I feel like there could have been other ways to do that that didn't introduce a whole character with like no idea where they came from or why they're there, you know? Yep. So I feel like she needs to, got to go. Um, The connection with the dad and like why the dad knows all this stuff and what's going on there. I know that that, that seems to bother you a little bit that we don't really have the full story on that. And like, maybe we'll get that in part three. I, I completely understand if people feel like, well, like, you don't just introduce story elements, like, assuming that people are going to be fine with waiting until the next movie. Like, you don't just set these things up and then not explain anything. But I do feel like we know as much as we need to to understand this story at this moment. I feel like if we get more of that connection later, then that's great and it fleshes it out. And I really do hope we get that in a part three. But I feel like, you know, we know enough for this story to work like we know that her dad left the sketchbook we know that he was seeing things and he seems to have been having some premonitions yeah we might not know why but it's like it's enough to know that she wants to dress up as this character she wants to like embody this character which it seems to me her father envisioned as like kind of a like a stronger version of his daughter. Like this is like a stronger version of her. It's like a, it's like a, an idealized version of her. And I think she wants to like put on that persona and like become that character. And that's like, that's okay. That's enough. I think that like, that's enough. We, we know enough for that to work in my opinion. Um, I do agree that the runtime is too long. It's not really two and a half hours. Like a big chunk of that is like an interview after the very end of the credits with Damien Leone and okay so it's, it's like two hours and 15 minutes which yeah. I agree is too long but like I said I, I still feel like we we maybe could have had like some of that final showdown trimmed because it just felt like it went on and on and on and you think it's over and then it goes on for another scene and you think that's over and it goes on for another scene so I just but Hyderberg you're right that's a personal thing for me I get bored when things get too actiony and it's like it all just kind of blurs together and I'm like okay like let's move it along um <laughs> The dream world with the clown cafe. 
I really like it as the location for her dream. But when she shows up there, when she falls into the tank, I, I got confused. Like, yeah. I don't like, is it really real? Or is she like having kind of a like near death hallucination or like a throwback to her dream? Like, is she what is this water tank? Is she really in a water tank? Like, I, I don't know. The, like that that was just confusing to me. Um, I might have just like left that as like the dream, like the dream at the beginning. And maybe when he throws her through the floor, maybe she's just like kind of unconscious on the floor or something. And then the sword glows. I don't know. I don't mind the clown cafe. I just I wasn't really sure what it was. Like, are we supposed to believe this is real or are we back in dream world? I don't know. Um, But here's what I think does work in the movie. I think so much works in the movie, despite the fact that it's maybe this one kind of the pendulum swung too far and it's like overwritten. However, I think art as a character is amazing. David Howard Thornton, his performance is perfect. I love Sienna. Um, I get the sense that David Thornton, da wait, what's his name? Fuck, David Damien Howard. Leone. No, I I'm Damien Leone. I get the sense that he really like kind of poured his heart and soul into creating this character. It sounds like he kind of envisioned, from what I've read, he kind of envisioned her like 15 years ago as like being this kind of ultimate heroine. And he kind of like shelved that character for a while. And then when people wanted more after Terrifier 1 and like wanted more character, he was like, okay, this is the time for me to bring this character back. So I think he really like loves this character. There are glimpses and of her and Tara when we see Tara in the first one. They're similar looking. They, I got like yeah. vibes of Tara a little bit from Sienna. Yeah, yeah. he does seem to have a fondness for like Latin or Italian looking Burnett. women because like there's so between the two movies, there's like so many dark haired, mm. like olive skinned, lovely women. So I think I don't know. I kind of feel like maybe he has a similar type to you, Hyderberg. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> but um, all right, give it a six. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing that down in ink right now. <laughs> um. So I, but I, so I really like this character of Sienna and um, I think she's really scrappy. I think she comes across as real. I love her acting performance. I think she really sort of carries this movie. Like she's in it yeah. more than art. And I think everybody came to the party for art, but I think like it was kind of like an unexpected treat to get Sienna. And it's like, I think she's a, a protagonist that we can like really latch onto. Um, I think she's great. I really like her friends. I think they're fun and I like the friendships between them. Um, I think the kills and the practical effects are unbelievable and fantastic and convincing. When the mother walks into that bedroom and sees her daughter like all skinned up and it's a it's a puppet at that moment when she's like slumped over, but then she kind of like lifts her head and moves her oh, arm. Yeah. It's a puppet and yeah. it it has like an unrealistic sort of jerky movement to it that you can tell it's not really her but somehow that makes it so creepy sort of to me. It, just, it looks really yeah it looks really disturbing it's like a little jarring but i to me that was a plus i liked it um the the scene in the halloween store with the guy kind of trying to help her out a little bit like subtly trying to kind of like get rid of art and kind of protect her i like that um let's see um i actually liked victoria giving birth to art's head at the end in that little like mid credit sequence it kind of again i got to make the freddy krueger comparison it kind of felt like the end of the first nightmare on elm street to me where like you think he's gone but then they pull the like the rag top up on the convertible and it's like the 
it looks like the pattern of Freddie's sweater. And mm -hmm. I think you kind of hear him laughing or something. And it's like, it's just a little clue that, you know, like, oh, he's not really gone. Like, he's still around. And it's like, there's going to be more. And so to me, that was just like, that was that kind of little signal to me. Like, oh, we saw Art die, but like, he's not really gone. He's still, he's still lurking around smiling somewhere. I don't know. I liked it. Um, Is she going to grow a body now out of that head or? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. That's why I'm asking. But I'll, I don't know, but I'll see Terrifier 3 and find out. Yep. So I'm going to say something that like, I hope you guys don't think I'm psycho, but I mean, after I already do. Thing, you don't put milk in your cereal. So. After the cereal <laughs> thing, what do I have to lose? I don't know. But so I, so I've watched this movie twice now, once on Screenbox and then once in the theater. First time was in the theater. And while I was, <laughs> I was sitting there in the theater watching this movie by myself, I was thinking, I think this would be a fantastic date movie. <laughs> hmm. Really? Yes, I thought it would With be a Joey? fantastic date. No, no, no. So, like, if I were younger and single, and I were on a date with somebody to like out to see this movie, I feel like you could like you could kind of tell: is this person going to be somebody that I could, like? Let's say it's a first date. Like, is this somebody that I'm going to vibe with? And it's like. During the whole movie, I was laughing out loud at some of Art's bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I could hear there were a couple other people in the theater with me and I could hear other people laughing, too. And I was like, if I were on a date right now with somebody and like if they were laughing at the same spots I was and if they could like, you know, if they were like sick enough to be like enjoying this movie with glee like I was, I feel like, OK, like I could I could vibe with this person. This could be this could be like a thing. I don't know. I would actually I think I would actually find it kind of hot. Like, okay. funny okay. you mentioned that because, yeah. What? So the first scene that you laughed at was at the at the beginning where he was killing the uh, doctor. I laughed when he stuck the eye in his eye socket. Yes. Like, Ta-da! Yeah. So like, oh, if was... I were sitting next to somebody and like they were like laughing at the same at the same part with me, I'd be like maybe snuggle up a little closer. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I think it could be like a potentially great date movie or at the very least, like a way to gauge the person you're with to be like, could, could we have a thing? When I saw this film in the theater, there was a couple in front of me that were on a date and you could tell that like they were fans of the sh I mean, you don't go to see this film without having seen the first one. Sure. <laughs> and you could tell that the, the, the woman, she may be a fan of this and she kind of knows what to expect, but still, it still surprises it. Cause every time there's a gruesome scene, she was like, Oh, Oh, hiya. Oh, hiya. oh, <laughs> like jumping but she wasn't covering her eyes she was watching it but she was in all, like shock of it all like she was like oh my god yeah and it was just funny to watch the two of them like he was just staring intently at the screen and she was just like shocked like he, <laughs> nothing changed when he saw the scene but she was just like oh my god <laughs> i don't know why i find that so they didn't snuggle any tighter though after those scenes i'll tell you that well, I'm just maybe it's just me. Maybe well, we've already established that I'm psycho, I guess. So <laughs> maybe that's just me. This is this is Jacqueline's idea of a great date movie. So anyway, I'm gonna give Terrifier two eight point five out of ten trash bags. Sorry, John, I gotta go with trash bags. That's fine. That's fine. All right. <laughs> We're the same on uh, uh score though. Yeah. So everybody's gone up since their last score. Yep. Yeah, I think it's a you better guys movie. Were both, I think I objectively think it's a better movie. John, I think you were a five something, five point five first time. I was a four. And Jacqueline was like a seven. Let me see. Yeah, John was 5.5 and Hyderberg was four and I was seven. I like this film, but there's still plenty that I feel is. I just feel like Damon Leone could. I don't know. 
like you said, it, the pendulum swung too far in the other direction now. Yeah, I, I tried I too hard to give the fans true. what they wanted in a sense where like I felt like the writing is good. It's better for certain characters, but some of the actors that are delivering some of those better lines still aren't great. Yeah. Like the the mom's just not really good, great at. It's delivering. really the mom for yeah, me. The mom really took me out of a lot of the scenes. The fi- the friends, which I expected to be bad, weren't as bad. Actually, uh-huh. like Brooke was pretty likable, like and believable as a teenage girl who's like you know snorting coke with her boyfriend, possibly you know trying to help her friend out by putting Molly in her fucking drink for mm-hmm. like that's stupid, but it's believable that a teenager might do that to help their friend out. So, mm-hmm. and even the brother, like I I know his character, like the delivery kind of bothered me because the kid was just so whiny, but granted that is how kids are. So, you know, that's just, something. I would say that's pretty like on point for like a 12 year old. Yeah. Hydroberg hates kids. <laughs> you can email us at a cut above horror review. Bring it. You want to tell Hydroberg how, how you feel about that? Show all the hate to Hydroberg. <laughs> Jacqueline and I love that. Stick girl. it in my trash yeah. bag. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, there's not a ton of great trivia for this. It's so new. I feel like, you know, as, as time goes on, there'll be more to accumulate and we've run kind of long. So I don't feel like any of it is like essential enough that we, yeah, we touched on the little girl being a cosplayer on Instagram and the, the Indiegogo scene with the cafe scene. I did notice that the, the, the nurse who's in the uh, end scene, uh, with Chris Jericho, I believe she's the woman who's actually singing, not actually singing the song, but acting the song out. In the clown hillabilly clown makeup, I think that's the oh, same. Really? Yeah, she's huh. very familiar. Okay. So as you were saying, what, huh? what, what oh, yeah. is in this? Oh yeah, she is. She's the principal. Yeah. yeah. That was right? cool. Um. So you mentioned like that scene being like a Freddy Krueger. You mentioned Freddy Krueger a couple times, and my one thing about that is my only complaint is that like the Elm Street series, at least it gives you it, it establishes Freddy's lore in the film with good writing and like even though he does in the other films, like as it goes along, he does similar things like art where he kind of winks at the camera a little bit, but I feel like it's done a little bit better. But for me, like I wish this film did that a little bit better, like, because I do feel like this film introduces stuff that yes, they don't have to pay it off in this film in this film, like certain threads, but some of the threads from the first film weren't paid off in this film either. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, are we just piling on more stuff that I'm curious about? And then when is it going to pay off is my, they could have answered a little bit more about art. All they did was add that's more fair. questions. I think that's totally I mean, fair. That's one of my complaints. I think that's fair. And I think if they had... But I'm interested. I think if, I think if some of the, the threads in this movie had been kind of pared down a little, like with the little girl, maybe cutting a little bit of runtime, yeah, maybe more that. of that could maybe more of that could have been answered. Maybe more of the stuff that like should be included in the movie could have been explained a little bit more. Right. Um, so I, I don't disagree with you about that. Well, it just I, didn't. Bo- it just didn't really bother me. So one much. one thing I love is that uh, the actor that is playing Art is going out to these these uh, horror cons and as character and taking pictures with people. I mean, oh my I, god! Like, you think he's spending the entire con in character? Like, when people on want to talk to the actual actor, you think he's not breaking role and he's just? I don't think I mean, so. I mean, he's like, not saying, yeah, oh, it was a great time playing Art. Yeah, you know? I, I, this is how I, I felt about it. I, I mean, not... he's done plenty of interviews. He I has think. out of makeup, but once he's in the makeup, it feels like he's in character. Yeah, I'm not a, a autograph seeker, but if they, <laughs> I'm gonna get a trash bag signed by this guy. <laughs> yeah, if if this guy ever came to San Diego, I don't want to talk to him. I just want a picture with him. I think it would be dope. I mean, it was just like you know whether he's like 
holding what you have behind you, Heiserberg, or you know, just like squeezing my neck. I think yeah. that would be a dope picture. That would be a dope picture. Yeah. Also, I, I want to I want to have a picture of him like blowing a little horn in my face. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> One thing I did enjoy about this film, we were talking about it taking place in New York and other. There was less Queens in Bronx accents, Italian accents than mm-hmm. the first film. So, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You're definitely right. Definitely more did, diversity. Yeah, you did. You did talk about that. Like every time. person had a thick Italian accent in the first one, but I mean, it was probably friends of his that he was getting to do the movie. So maybe that reminds me, the exterminator in the first movie. This was a, a little trivia fact. Mike the exterminator. He, was that his name? I don't I remember. How the hell Mike do you remember that? Oh my I remember, god! I listened to our episode recently. Oh okay. Uh, so the exterminator, he was the voice of the like DJ or whatever at the Halloween party. So he had like a little oh, okay. voice cameo. So that's cool. It was a cameo. The voice of whoever does the clown cafe who introduces what's going on and he's talking about the cereal and stuff. It sounded I looked it up. I couldn't find anything about it, but it sounded like Mark Hamill doing his Joker voice from the animated Batman series. I doubt it was. I mean, who knows? He would have done a film. I was going to say, that sounds a little off-brand for Mark Hamill. but well, I mean, he okay. does the Joker, which is a clown, is the clown prince. So, like, yeah, it would have been funny true. for him to just lend his voice talents. But it sounds so similar to him, the voice. Well, you could be right. Sometimes actors do these things where they don't get, where they're, they like, uncredited. And it's just kind of, like, a little a little yeah. fun fact. To do something fun. Melissa Rose, I mean, being the principle i mean that. that was awesome i would have liked more of her actually yeah me too i yeah. would have liked to see her get killed yeah what if art like weird. ripped her pants off and it turned out she had a wiener <laughs> spoiler spoiler for uh don't say, don't say don't say what it is so and then she went pee oh my god <laughs> <laughs> dude it's so old sleepaway camp Come on. All right. Well, we did cover oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah, we did cover it. And we sp- we've spoiled it already. Again, on this show, we just, it's a blanket, a blanket spoiler warning for everything. Yeah. That's like a film that relies heavily on that spoiler. <laughs> so, like, that's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's sure one does. thing to spoil a small scene in a film that has well, much more going for it, but that film relies like heavily on that. The pivotal idea. thing in the whole yeah. movie. So, so if, if anybody has listened thus far, Fuck you if you don't know what the nah, of Sleepaway. No, let's not go that far. There are yeah, some people who are new to the genre. Um, now we know where the one stars come from. At, on <laughs> it's all because of you, John. How many one stars have <laughs> you? You kinky fuck. <laughs> I don't know. They don't leave reviews. At least three, right? Yeah, I've seen it. All right, guys. Well, I think it's about time to wrap it up. But next week, we have something fun coming for you. Uh, we're in November now. True so- pick, right? It's my pick. What? And it's my pick. It's it's my pick. What? Is that okay? (laughs) It's my pick. And I have chosen the film Poultrygeist. Oh night. Not to be confused with Poltergeist. I'm talking about the trauma film Poultrygeist colon Night of the Chicken Dead. So I figure, you know, poultry-related horror is appropriate for the month of November. I smell something foul, John. <laughs> and there's more. Oh, uh, we will what? be welcoming back some of our favorite guests, what? Stephen and Leo from yes. the Spoils of Horror podcast. They will be joining us to talk about this um, very memorable trauma trauma Those film. Bastards. I mean, there's they're really completely the only natural choice to join us for that movie. So I think you'll agree. 
Yeah, I mean, after Rock and Roll Nightmare, yeah. it's good that they come on for a high quality film like Poultry Guys. Yeah, let's elevate things a little you bit. You might need to so, get them on an actual good film one of these I days. know. Well, I, that's what I told Steven. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, next okay, this is the last trash film, and then the next time I swear we'll get you on for a good film. No, In a world like, where Jason whatever. Jason Goes to Hell was pro- possibly the, the highest quality film that we've had them on for. I haven't seen this Poultry Guys that you speak of, so I'm sure you it's really seen good. It? No, I, mean, I mean, it's like on the same level. I as can't like, wait hereditary. to have to write a reach around about it. Oh, you know what I'd like to do, like eventually, is do a complete like trauma film month. That's a lot of trauma, but okay. We can't fit it all in one month, but no, we could. No, no, not all of trauma, but all trauma for a month. Oh yeah, we could. We could work that out. Yeah, we have a couple months coming up. Yeah, so this will be our first like proper. I think like truly legit trauma film because we did. So we did Frank and Hooker before, which was, I think, produced or distributed it was released by Trauma. Trauma, yeah, but but this movie was actually directed by Lloyd Kaufman, yeah. or co-written by Lloyd Kaufman. Nice. So this is like fucking legit. So, right. um, oh my, so sounds buckle like a good up, time, boys. Man. Buckle up, boys. Get your barf bags ready. You could use your trash bag. Get your turkey basters. Like. That too. Uh, and we'll be back next week with Stephen and Leo from Spoils of Horror. So that is bound to be a great time. I believe you can find poultrygeist on um youtube and then hydroberg did you say it's on tubi oh i don't know on... somebody said it was somewhere on maybe a tubi or voodoo or i'm something. buying it so okay um it's streaming somewhere i can't remember but it's also on youtube so um yeah hydroberg is our, our our new physical media guy so he's he it. all of a sudden well i i you know i appreciate that i've been a collector to... i just i speak out on the the industry as far as preying on people and stuff like yeah that. Hydroberg's more selective. He doesn't just oh voodoo. Okay. Yeah. But I have he doesn't just collect horror like physical media randomly. Like yeah, I don't want to own eight eight copies of the same exact fucking film. Like right for every new release. I mean, I will say I'm enticed by new packaging. Like definitely that that's cool. But well, you're also uh, a resolution snob, so you you have to have like the best higher. Like I like to try to get Blu-ray and above. So Mm -hmm. I don't buy any DVDs. That's for that's trash. I put those in my trash bag. Um, but I will say that like, I, it is my plan since we've had this podcast, my interest in physical media has, has peaked because I do want to own every film that we cover on this. I, I appreciate I've, I've that. And quite I quite a lot of those already. Yeah. That's- I think I will too, eventually, but it's yeah, like, just, you know, it's it would, slow going, but I love doing the podcast and I would just love to own all the films that we've touched on, even if they're bad, like thanks killing. I got to find a copy of that and rock and I roll nightmare. I think that's great. Yeah. I, I approve. Uh, all right. I'll buy some films for myself as well. You should. There you go. Well, fellas, it's been fun talking about Terrifier 2 with you. I will see you back here next week for Poltergeist Night of the Chicken Dead. In the meantime, anybody who wants to email... <laughs> you like that one, Heidelberg? I do. That title. Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, if you want to share your thoughts with us about Terrifier 2 or give us some thoughts about Poltergeist, feel free to email us at acutabovehorrorreview at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Cut Above Horror. Guys, send us some emails, man. Our emails are lacking. Like we we can we get contri- contri- uh, contributions from people on all the other social medias, but less on the emails. And mm-hmm. every time we do get an email, it's 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 a it's a humdinger. So like, that's I, true. Definitely just try and write us one. You don't got to rush it out, but just if you want to say something, just write it up there, and we'll say it on the on the podcast, whether you want it anonymously or not. Whatever, we'll 
you know, yeah. maybe you have some thoughts on eating habits or just, I don't know. If you want to back me up on the dry cereal thing, please, please back me yeah. up, you guys. Please don't. Maybe you know more about the lore of the pale girl than the rest of us. Like, <laughs> let us know. So, yeah, if you want to catch us on Instagram, though, you can catch us at a cut above one word dot har underscore review. Uh, yeah, follow us on Facebook, a cut above colon or review. And guys, thank you so much for all the very nice reviews we gotten on Spotify. Still at the five star review. Uh, give us the five star review on iTunes and, you know, just tell us what we could do better and what you love about the show. Yeah, do that. Yeah. Uh, all right well i will see you guys next monday night so we can talk about poultry geist night of the chicken dead and keep it creepy